Good evening, godless sodomites. Make life a little bit better with this. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, do you guys know anything about the Promise Keepers at all? Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, my uh, right. biological father was one for a while. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, very rad. All right, it uh, had welcome. something to do with AA. Like, I don't know why he ended up with the Promise Keepers through AA. Hmm. Okay, but some other day we'll talk about how I think AA is a religion. Um, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that's fine. Well, Stephen King definitely made me think that. Yeah, my dad made me think oh, okay. that, and Alanon yeah. made me think that. But yeah, Stephen King does. Um, I don't know that he likes AA. Oh, I just meant yeah. how like uh, there's always just like it always goes back to AA with a lot of the heroes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even uh, that uh, Midnight Mass show. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Went 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 into AA also, and fucking uh, so did or uh, NA. Haunting of Hill House. One of the yeah. brothers was uh going to that too. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Interesting. And he's very connected to Stephen King. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he did Doctor Sleep. Yeah, yeah. So all right. Anyway, we need to get into this. Uh, welcome conspiracy. to the excommunication. <laughs> welcome to the excommunication station, where we talk all things Stephen King. And uh, no, no, there's other podcasts out there for that. But uh, um, uh, yeah, welcome. Uh, we're continuing our talk on porn today. Uh, but uh, with that, we uh, we are your hip new youth pastors. And don't come. They told me pum pump. Oh There's no porn to see. Pa-ra-pa-pump-pump. Pump. Our finest shame we bring. Pa-ra-pa-pump-pump. Pump. When you smash your king. Pa-ra-pa-pump-pump. Rump-pa-pump-pump. Rump-pa-pump-pump. So I eat my pain. Pa-ra-pa-pump-pump. When I come, that was fucking. Well, you ruined Christmas. Congratulations. <laughs> That's my goal. That is my goal. And hey, Donovan, this goddamn I, I holiday. Can't hear you. Those weren't my hands. <laughs> you were doing the rumpa pump pump, weren't you? On my drum. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and with that, this is the Inquisition. <laughs> uh, what's something that you guys didn't get for Christmas, but you always wanted when you were little? Not now, because now you can just buy oh. it and stop complaining about it. Not in this economy, um, sir. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm trying to think. Mm. I don't know, because I don't remember. Very, I don't, you know, my working memory is shit. Yeah. Um, I just I'll remember. Go, go ahead. I can give you mine. Yeah. I, I always wanted when I was little was the Lego castle set. Oh, that thing okay. was dope. Was it like a specific castle or? 
No, it was just like the 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 original giant Lego set for the castle thing that they made. That's um, cool. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me, I'm sorry. Gesundheit. Yeah, I got a, I got an Erector set instead, and my my mother Erector. swears that this. Yeah, damn near killed Those her. Fun. No, I didn't oh, think yeah. they were fun at all. I didn't use it at all, but she swore that swore I sat up in my room all the time and played with it, but I barely even. It's not it. what you were playing with, was it? No, no, hell no. Hey. <laughs> That reminds me of a Christmas when my dad was just giving us like shit that he didn't get as a, ki- a kid, and it was like Lincoln logs and like old ass tinker toys. And we're like, "This is cool, but like, why? <laughs> why not?" See, I don't really remember. I don't remember. All I remember is my mom used to do this fucking thing that I hated, mm-hmm. where after Christmas she'd tell you what she almost bought you, and mm-hmm. it was always better. One year she was like, yeah, I was going to, I saw a really good deal on that car you like, and I was going to get it for you for Christmas. But then I was like, nah, what mm. the fuck? Oh. What? It, you were going to buy like, me a whole car? And yeah. she's like, yeah, but I didn't want to, you know, it seems like a lot. But this what? popcorn tin has three different popcorns. <laughs> you can eat the caramel and the cheddar together and it's real good. And they took the cardboard um, out for some reason. Yeah. And then another year she was like, yeah, I was going to get you a Dalmatian. But then I was like, nah. And this is when I was like 12 or 13. And all I wanted in this world was a dog. She was Aww. like, she was like Chrissy always did seem more like a Cruella de Vil. Better keep these dogs yeah, safe. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I remember I, getting my that maroon Bible I talked about last week instead of, a, I think, a Nintendo. Mm. So, or Sega, one of the two. So that was fun. Oh shit! I just remembered my like my best Christmas. Uh, I really, really wanted a, a magic nursery baby. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were a kid in the early '90s, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I'm also I'm a sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm a present peeker. I'm still a present peeker. Um, and so I, I just unwrapped the present and played with it and rewrapped it, and my mom caught me. Mm. That was a bad Christmas, but it was also a great Christmas because I finally got that fucking magic nursery baby that I wanted so bad. The the way you said present peeker, I, I thought you meant like insurrectionist. You're so like, you're like, this is so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, every time I admit it, people are like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Just wait for Christmas. And I'm like, I get it. That's I get it. it. <laughs> but it's right there. See, I Taunting think. me. <laughs> The, the only thing I can really think of that I was ever, like, bitter I didn't get was, like, there was this, uh, was it Buzz Lightyear thing that came out that was, like, super cool. That was, like, uh, it spoke to you and shit and it reacted to, like, you flipping yeah. it upside down. It would be, like, uh, is this planet upside down? Turn me around. Like, I remember the commercial and everything. And I, like, begged for it and begged for it and begged for it. And I never got it. And then, like, I got, like, this little, like, uh, one of the aliens Oh like God! A, oh, yeah. a little figure, like it was cool. I still loved it, but love the... claw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been chosen. Those fucking guys. <laughs> yeah. So, but I got that. I was grateful and shit. But that's the only thing I was ever just like, man, what the fuck? I really wanted that. <laughs> so now every time yeah. I see a Buzz Lightyear out in the wild, like an old one, I'm like, is this that fucking one? <laughs> Especially You're when we're smashing the back of it. Yeah, when we go thrifting, I'm like flipping it upside down, shaking it. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's not talking. Yeah. Speak to me, goddammit. This isn't a real I know one. you're alive. Look, I'm not Sid. I swear to God, I'm not going to hurt you. 
<laughs> if you just talk to me, I'll never tell anybody. I used to tell my cat that all the time. Like, I think you can talk. You could just, like, it's all right. I won't tell anybody. I said that to my dad. But, yeah. You say that to your dad? Yeah, it's all right. I'm right here. You can talk to me. I won't say anything. <laughs> just, just blink twice after, oh, you know. And, and both the cat and your dad are just thinking, when you're dead, I'm going to eat your eyeballs. So. Oh, yeah, God. that's fine. <laughs> if, my, if my sweet little kitty cat is hungry and I'm dead, I'm not using those eyeballs. She can have them. Hmm, yeah, sweet no. baby. Well, with that and eating the flesh, uh, we need to do the most important thing, and that is to pray. So hold the hand <laughs> of the person next to you and bow your head. And if you're driving, let Jesus take the wheel. Nobody has to tell you how bad things are because men haven't kept their promises, but a change has begun. I'd ask Bill McCartney to speak at a um, banquet in Pueblo. We had a three-hour ride ahead of us, and I asked Dave this question. I said, Dave, if you could do one thing with your life, what would it be? He said, without hesitation. He said, Bill, my calling is to be one-on-one -on -one with men. Dave, he was envisioning discipleship. Coach was envisioning stadiums down the road, stadiums full of men. 72 men came together. That was 1990. In 1991, 4,200 men came. A year later, there were 22,000 promise keepers. In 1993, the number swelled to 50,000. Then, 1994. Promise Keepers. I praise God for them. This is the first time I've ever been to the uh, Promise Keepers, and I see the awesomeness of all these men coming together in one group. Whatever your denomination, whatever your occupation, whatever your race, we've come together, not by accident, but by the prodding of God. Men, God today is giving us an opportunity. He is giving you an opportunity to seize the moment. Do you serve your wife? Do you serve your children? The best leaders are servant leaders. I didn't understand what it meant to be a father or a husband. I didn't want my kids looking back and saying, man, I wish my dad was a godly dad, and I wish my dad would have done it God's way. And by going to the Promise Keepers event with my son, I was hearing things that we both need to talk about. Promise Keepers has been a life changer for me.
Hey, oh, Jesus, God. I've been real sinful. Where's the big gulp? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week is going to be a little less about pornography, and we're going to talk a little bit, well, not a little bit, a whole lot, uh, about an organization called the Promise Keepers. If you don't know who they are, they were a 90s group of... Um, evangelical men that like to travel the country and sports stadiums and put on essentially giant Christian uh, worship slash rock concert kind of feel going on. So I was going to say, yeah, I, like... I, uh, I drove my dad to one once. Oh, oh, His car was broken down. My biological father. Mm -hmm. He had me drive him to one at the Anaheim Convention Center. Oh, and then he, yeah, I wasn't allowed to stay. Um, oh, of course not. So I just went to Disneyland because it was across oh, the street and I had a cool. pass. <laughs> I, I was to two different promise keeper events, but we'll go into that in a little bit. Um, but uh, you could even say I was a promise keeper. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. Let's throw everybody just swash that vomit around in your mouth a little bit. Yeah. And then, Let's and then just leave it. Chaz now. This is your, this is on you. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode's a little bit more personal to me and, kind of where i see this church evolution from just wanting to <laughs> battle moral corruption mm -hmm. um and the the quote-unquote fight for women kind mm -hmm. of morphed together into this policing your own congregation um and uh to where we are now with pornography and what we all grew up in um so this is a to me this is a very important um kind of bridge to where we are and kind of what we have to understand with masculine Christianity that's going on today too. So that's a that, whole fucking crazy ball game of its own, it, just masculinity yep. and Christianity. Cause that's basically mm -hmm. like just Christianity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's evangelical Christianity. We'll call it that. Oh, man, um, sure. That's like, is what's the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Yeah, the lines one get says, blurry. One says "see you later," and one says "after a while." Yeah, uh, there you go. Ah, so I live in Florida. I know the difference. <laughs> what that the, one I... say? What that one say? <laughs> Either way, and, uh, just run in a zigzag pattern. They can't get you. They're fast in a straight line, but they can't turn. I I was told to just hold their mouth closed. You're good. Yeah, and hop on the back. They like it. <laughs> right, smack them on the butt. Come yeah, on, yeah. giddy up. <laughs> oh my god. I'm still scared of those fucking things. No, we moved here. Too. Yeah, we moved here right after that one little kid got uh that two year old oh, got eaten boy? at yeah. um at Disney World. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh Yeah, don't go near the water. On a, on a beach that water. I have played on oh, at Disney god. World. That's where that kid got eaten. I was like, oh my oh. god. You hear it's a small like, world in the background. It's just <laughs> It's a Ominous, world right? Of laughter, a world of... <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm so sorry. We have to stop. Uh, I thought that scream was Chaz laughing. No, that was... <laughs> I thought, yeah, Mickey I was going to be like, Chaz, that is a laugh. Oh, oh God. Not again. <laughs> oh, God. All right. The idea of policing congregants <laughs> on their sexuality with purity culture wasn't a thing until the 90s. The church had always been anti-sex, but the American church turned it to an 11 in the early to mid-90s and a 12 in the late 90s. 
Very early on, we covered Joshua Harris and what teen purity culture was like and what it did to us, but that wasn't until the late 90s. Unblock us, you bastard. Yeah, fucker. You coward. Um, Donovan quoted or uh, commented on his uh, page and he blocked. And, oh, yeah. So, I was waiting yeah. for some kind of rebuttal or something. And then no. Chaz was like, what, what happened? And I just went to look and it was just no more. Yeah. The best you'll the get is a rebuttal. Is... Yeah. The best you'll get is a rebuttal from his friends or somebody that yeah. defends him. And but then yeah, the podcast's page is blocked by him, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Either his me. team is aware or he's aware. I like to think he's aware. Someone sent it to him. Yeah, I'm the cheese but... that stands alone. I better go stir some shit up on his page. <laughs> no, you're, you're the spy. Ba- you're not blocked? Oh. Ooh. Am I not blocked? Am I blocked by him? I don't know. I don't... You could look it up. Yeah, you uh, should check but... it out. He's posting yeah. really stupid memes that he thinks are hilarious. I saw the one. What, are they like four years on. old? No, uh-huh. he's like just making up things. He said something like uh, he was texting a girl and said something about purity culture, and then she ghosted him, or like she never talked to him again. So she was she wholly ghosted him. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start call, I'm just gonna start posting Christian dad memes, and I was like, this is hilarious. It's almost as hilarious as uh, some, not coming forward with abuse that someone tells you about in their church, and then block. Yeah, yeah. All right, cook coward uh before we uh before we had the purity pledge and the silver ring thing uh but before that one one of the first mass movements in the church to reshape manhood and sexual purity in men and children was the promise keepers it's weird to say that they uh promoted sexual purity in children like Mm -hmm. yeah we're going to go into that a little bit next week um, that's going to be the focus a little bit of our episode next week. So, yeah. um, but, uh, Bill McCartney was one of the best college football coaches in the eighties and early nineties. We're going to talk a lot about college football in this episode. So, uh, if you need any clarification, just hit me up. Uh, I big college football fan. Uh, are you fucking yeah. kidding? Are we really doing, are we, are you joking right now? Are we really no, I'm serious. about college football? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know uh, shit about oh. shit. I cannot wait to see how this all ties together. <clears throat> okay. Please go on. I'm just uh, going to imagine Craig T. Nelson a lot. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Coach, absolutely. Uh, he well, took on. in. Hold on, wait a second. In, wait a second. Good. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, he took oh, an often ignored. He took an often ignored football team that was an easy win for good teams. Uh, year after year, and turned them into a national powerhouse. Was McCartney it the Houston was... Texans? No, uh, McCartney I was raised. A... McCartney was raised Catholic. He met his future wife Lindy at the University of Missouri, where Bill Bill was on a football scholarship. Bill loved to drink, and he was a self confessed alcoholic. He also didn't like that people took the Lord's name in vain. And Lindy did the very that very thing at a party one night. Bill was drunk at the time and was she so took mad. The Lord's name in vain? Or she drank? Lin- or well, Lindy, Lindy took the Lord's name in vain. So she threw Bill, down like a GD? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know. What? Oh my God, or something like that. That's taking the Lord's name in vain, isn't it? I was always told I, that. I was too. I, it was, I was much older before I realized it was 
<clears throat> doing uh, shady things in the Lord's name. Yeah, this but. is the 1950s, so I'm going to assume it was like, oh, my God. So, But uh, Bill was drunk and uh, was mad, so he made Lindy leave the party with him. And on the way back to dropping Lindy off, Bill crashed the car into a police car. Oh, shit. He was arrested and lost his football scholarship. Mm. But Not Bill made... Yeah. Poor white man. Like that kid who just lost break. his? Mm, not fair. Yeah, not fair. Um, Bill managed to finish college, and uh, Lindy and him got married in 1962. Uh, he started football coaching. Wait a second. At... What? They weren't even married, and he made her leave the party? <laughs> no. <laughs> and she still hey, got married to him. That's yeah. their business, Chrissy. I don't think at that really point, involved. I would be like, that's their relationship. you. No, that's You're not my dad. It's between them and God. It's between <laughs> them and God. We got to leave it alone. I said, I'm oh my God, say, at a party. Why marry him when he's obviously a controlling dick? Yeah, what a story that is. I got. I said, oh my God, at a party. He was drunk. He got mad at me for saying that. <laughs> we left. He crashed into a police car. And lost his football scholarship. Hey, and here we are, honey. Hey, what the fuck you say? You <laughs> fuck you say to me? You say, did you say Jesus pleases? You, you fucking, we'll go home now. We're going home now. No, you didn't. No, I, I said Jesus crust. You know, the, you didn't that, know. That, that you pizza said place. Jesus. Can we just. Dude, God, every day. Every day with this bullshit with you. <laughs> I just wanted some cheesy sticks. Get in the car. Get in the car. Don't touch the wheel. Don't touch the wheel. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Oh, all right. Um, Why did you uh, put the tree there? Why did you put the tree here? (laughs) No, the police car. He crashed into a police car. (laughs) Yeah, my bad. You called the police. They they put the park here. You did it all. You did all of it. (laughs) Uh, I hope he was all pissy when he got out and was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, right. (laughs) You turned in front of me. It's all her fault. Every word. (laughs) Every word yeah. out of her mouth is a sin. Yes. <laughs> he started uh, coaching football at a private school in Detroit. Uh, Bill became an, a, the assistant football coach at the University of Michigan soon after, uh, which is one of the biggest college football programs in the country. Um, Bill and Lindy both converted to evangelical Christianity by being born again via Campus Crusade in 1974. Oh, nice. I think I'm sensing a web here with Campus Crusade, but uh, I'm not entirely sure. A sticky, um, thick white web. <laughs> <laughs> During this time. Like they, it's almost like they go on campuses and recruit young, naive people yep. who are trying to find themselves. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it reminds me of, of, what's that word I'm looking for? Cult? A cult? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were yeah. going to say military. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Also, yeah. But no, those people aren't in college because you have to. This is how we get you to join because we'll pay for your college. Oh, yeah. That's high school. My bad. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's called community college, Donovan. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot about that. That was when I was in 10th grade and they came in the the cafeteria and they were like, You guys want a free dog tag? Just give us Mm. your info. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Um, Good stuff. During this time, they had four children together, one daughter and three sons. Uh, He got noticed at Michigan and was offered the head football coaching job at the University of Colorado in Boulder in 1982. So did he get a new football scholarship or 
I don't understand. Was he still playing, but he had to pay them? Hmm. Mm-mm. Feeling this is, it. This is groovy. Uh, no. So he's already graduated college. Now this is his job. He has, he has a job <laughs> coaching football. So his job is now okay. head football coach. Um, the team only won seven games total in the last three years before Bill took over. Lindy worked on being a mother to four kids and Bill worked on being a coach. His children even claimed that when he was around, he wasn't always mentally present. Uh, Bill also said he worked 16 hour days, seven or six days a week, 10 months out of the year. And so when it, Col- does it take your mind back to like, oh, uh, shit, I can't remember what episode we mentioned it in, <clears throat> but you were talking about the amount of time that a father spent with their child on average oh, yeah, it was like, in the 80s. It was like 34, it was like, yeah. yeah, it was like yeah, 34, 34 or 37 seconds or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If that he did that. Yeah. Um, uh, but when uh, uh, Bill became the spotlight within the evangelical community for being an outspoken Christian and being a damn fine football coach, he was such an amazing Christian. He did things like mandate prayer meetings for his players. He what? also used college property to hold events that were overtly Christian and political, mm. like when he endorsed a bill that would repeal equal protection for gay people and when he held pro-life rallies. That just sounds smart on the budgeting end, and you just are sad that you didn't do it because you're a Democrat. <laughs> Especially if he took a collection at these Christian events. Then it's yeah. money on top of money. Hell yeah, bro. His his actions got the university to make a rule not allowing coaches, while they're in their duties as a coach, to organize or conduct religious services with players or other coaches on school property. Man. Wow. Not even the parking lot. That's so rude. Yeah, that's so um, funny that a, a like you know a school board or even just a school can come that quickly to a decision to you know keep those things separate, but we can't seem to do that with education or yeah. laws. That's weird. I'm mm. pretty sure if he was coaching today and this came up, it would go to the Supreme Court and he would win. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, uh, he spoke at a rally for the infamous pro-life organization Operation Rescue. Oh no. Who we covered in the pro-life violence episodes. Mm. I thought it so. sounded familiar. Yeah. This makes me think he... of Operation Dumbo Drop. <laughs> That's uh, an he... underrated movie. <laughs> he uh had he was friends with the guy that ran that organization. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh he had like correspondence with them and everything. But uh, mm-hmm. uh it was Mark McGuire. Was... Mark What's McGrath that? from It was Mark McGuire. No, Mark McGuire the Baseball the, player. From the Cardinals? 100%. Yeah, the guy from Jim Blossoms. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, are they all one a, person? <laughs> we're, yes. I, I'm messing with you now because you have COVID and it's your mind's going to be melting after you... Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> now Bill I'm just like, like a monster in my head an amalgamation of fucking Sugar Ray, Guy Fieri, and Mark McGuire. Oh, God. I'm terrified. Actually, why did you think guys? Why in the world did you mind? Because they all no, have but... frosted goatees and tips. The that tips. okay? That must be it. Because I was going to throw in and Guy Fieri, and you said it, and I was like, "Get out of my fucking dome, bro!" COVID wow. psychic. How do you, you guys both COVID apparently psychic? Yeah, I'm there it is. Cut a lot of you guys... this episode. <laughs> I don't think I'm you sorry. should. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think this is a wonderful conversation. 
he got a bunch of awards on Christian TV, uh, on top of ESPN and Sports Illustrated. He was the shit in the evangelical Christian community and became friends and business par- par- partners with someone who lived right up the road from the college, Dr. James Dobson, and focus it's on the family. Focus on your own fucking family, Dobson. asshole. Oh, my God, man. Every fucking time. <laughs> focus on the family does it, became... Does it, ever make, does it ever make you think that there might really be some sort of weird conspiracy to... Because all these people are connected. Yeah, they're all best buds and best friends. I don't think it's a conspiracy anymore at this fucking point after all the shit we've talked about. I think it's pretty fucking much there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they're all one and the same and and leech off each other. We are legion for we are many. (laughs) Boy, these these pillars of the patriarchy just prop each other up, don't they? Oh, absolutely. Mind your business. Mind your own fucking business. That's why that's why people who aren't them really need to okay, this is just me getting no, ranty, same. but we it need might. to all stick together because if we all propped each other up the way these fuckers do, they wouldn't have a chance. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, I'm surprised no one's just pushed Kenneth Copeland over yet. It's pretty easy to do, I'm sure. Don't um, you touch me, motherfucker. Well, that's why <laughs> That's why old Pat Pat got into fitness, and now he can squat two thousand pounds because oh, somebody pushed him over to once. I see them fight each other. Have you seen <gasps> my games? All these fucking weights I do. Oh, every day's leg day. And then it's just a Bible slap fight where they hit each other with Bibles. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's like those videos that in Arnold Schwarzenegger's behind him watching them, and like he just gotta hold on to that one oh little God. pole, and like you gotta, but it's a dildo. And they got to slap each other with the Bible. <laughs> this is very entertaining. I want to see it some more. <laughs> Hit him again! Once more with feeling! <laughs> Put that dildo down! <laughs> Put it inside oh, of it. him! No! Father! <laughs> I don't feel comfortable with this, Mr. Stop screaming at me! Focus on well, the if you don't make that a TikTok, that's a really lost opportunity, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Focus on the family became humongous fans, supporters, and promoters of Bill McCartney. And when Promise Keepers came around, they latched on to him like a leech on a dying person in the 1700s. Don't be shocked by this, but the church did an amazing job ignoring what Coach Mac's players were up to. No. Really? His his players became infamous for breaking laws. Now, Now take some of this with a grain of salt because... You must put racism in rural Colorado where like six non-collegiate black people live. Mm-hmm. Uh, stupidity and youth and ses- sensationalism at the time. But between 1986 and 1989, over 24 of his players had been arrested and over 60 of them <clears throat> had been con- contacted by the police. Some of the arrests and char- charges stemmed from racist altercations. So again... Don't take that fact as something to pull out of here. Um, also, a number of these incidents were with the police were normal, normal college bullshit, but uh, some of them were not. Like two former linemen that were arrested for shaking down a restaurant. One of them, Chris shaking Sainton, down, shaking right. down. So did they rob money. it, or did they just go up and be like, "Hey, it'd be great if you gave us money"? 
Or were they asking for protection money? Yeah, it's kind of something like that. Yeah, they go in there with a boombox and like, have you ever heard of Michael Jackson? (laughs) Let's dance. Let's shout. Uh, Sorry. Chris uh, Simonton was kicked off the team for drunk driving, brought back on the team, and then hired as an assistant after he graduated. One student was recruited and signed to the team when the year before high school, he partially blinded another kid when he attacked him with a rock. Mm. The fuck? From a Sports Illustrated article, quote, wide receiver Andy Mascuo, a junior walk-on, was arrested a month ago on charges of first-degree sexual assault for allegedly raping a student in her dormitory. Police said the victim told police that she wished Masako had killed her because then she would, quote, would have, would not have to remember what happened. Masako oh, said sweetheart. that all he did oh. was kiss the woman goodnight and has responded by, with a slander suit against her. What the fuck? Miles, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get fuck up this name so bad, uh, Cassia Nagy who was a linebacker from 1984 to 1985 was arrested in 1989 for rape and attempted rape. He is being, he is being suspected as being the duct tape rapist who sexually assaulted and raped eight females during the time that he attended the school. He was convicted on four counts of first degree sexual assault and was sentenced to 80 years in prison. Wow. Marcus. He's one of the few, like one one in a thousand that actually get, Fucking convicted. Yep. Uh, Marcus Relaford, a running back, allegedly broke into a dorm room and raped another student. He was arrested. His story got Sports Illustrated to write the story, What Price for Glory, for the February 27th, 27th, 1989 edition of the most popular sports publication of all time with the tagline, quote, under coach Bill McCartney, Colorado's football team has taken off but so is ugly criminal behavior among the Buffalo players. That's a pretty spicy article for 89. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they also, in the article, they mention a lot of the racism that comes along wow. with it. Um, so that's, that is very progressive then. Good yeah. Sports well, they, Illustrated. Now stop having a swimsuit were... issue and I might like you. <laughs> <laughs> They mentioned that uh, there was a a fight with a student that got arrested for assault that was started over racial slurs against him and another player. So, wow! But uh, it would it would really seem like Coach Mack either had his head up his ass or he was willing to give up morals for wins. This is nothing new to college coaching, but rarely do we see a coach like Bill McCartney. Being not only stellar at his job, but also talk with this moral superiority game along with his activity off the field. It seems McCartney would avoid red flags over talent. I am more open to believe he did it all on purpose because when confronted about the arrest of Relaford and the rape charges, Bill told a reporter, quote, trigger warning, um, quote, rape by definition is a violent act. An act whereby the there's real physical violence involved. And so I don't think that there was what we're talking about here. What? Please excuse me while I mute myself and scream into a pillow. 
<laughs> no. It wasn't rape because it wasn't violent? Yep. Rape by definition is a violent act, an act whereby there's real physical violence involved, and I don't think that's what we're talking about here. This dude sounds like he's got a real punchable face. <laughs> and a real kickable dick. Uh, mind you, this is the guy that's going to lead millions of Christian men into the next uh, next uh, millennium. Uh, regardless of the negative national Onward, attention, Christian soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's teams were moving up the rankings year after year. Everything was coming together professionally and publicly for Bill, but at home things weren't going so well. Mm. Lindy was becoming depressed and unhappy in the marriage, but something bigger was happening. Wait, so yeah. it could could it possibly be that she realizes she's married to a man who is willing to let uh, his players rape women as long as they're winning games? Because that seems like something that would make me depressed. That's part of it, and him not being around, and his... Why would you want someone like that around? I'm sure he treats I his daughter know. really weird. I just... Mm -mm, oh. mm -mm, I don't like him. I hate him. Uh, the other big thing that was happening at home was their 20 year old daughter, Christy had become pregnant out of wedlock Magical. with the starting quarterback of the team. Oh, shut the fuck up. Was it consensual? Yes. That's a good question. Is this, yeah, that is a really, <laughs> sadly, that's a great question. Wow. This is like an episode of One Tree Hill or Seventh Heaven. Tell me more. Oh, Seventh Heaven? Why are the brother yeah. and sister going to practice making out? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is this is a perfect seven heaven uh what i'm about to go into get ready bill by okay. all accounts by all accounts bill handled this well being there for his daughter not judging her okay but at the mm -hmm. same time he blamed himself for not being around as he should Whoa. she would have been more secure with who she was and would not have given herself outside of marriage end quote how do you feel about that one? Uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm waiting for Chrissy. Did is she mute? I had to take a few cleansing breaths. Um. So do you think that's why he should have been around, so she could be more more secure, so she wouldn't give herself up out of marriage? So you yeah, gotta man. protect. That's... So you gotta protect her. Uh... Her uh, what's what's a good word? Her virginity, virtue. Her her, yeah, her purity. To, yeah, that's it. I'm trying to think of like a creepy word that dads used back then. Yeah, you, you protect her uh, purity, her uh, wholeness. How, how about just being around to have a relationship with your child, so mm -mm, they're not no. looking. You have for, to get something out of it because girls so aren't. They're not looking anything. for Come love on. from other men to replace you. I don't know. Mm -hmm, like it's, mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff there. But it has nothing to do with her keeping her virtue or whatever outside of marriage. Fuck that shit. I guarantee, yeah, I guarantee you that this girl, I, were, people were saying like, oh, she's got daddy issues because her dad's never around. Um, and I, I just, I can't tell you how much I hate the fact that women are women and girls are somehow the fault at, at fault and blamed when mm -hmm. their fathers are the ones 
poor pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. Like it, the stigma follows the little girl, never the father. Oh, she's got daddy issues. She must be a slut. But it's like mm-hmm. the whole situation just makes me so goddamn angry. Yeah. And yeah. If the only reason that you regret not spending time with your children is because uh, you could have better safeguarded your daughter's quote virgin virginity, mm-hmm. quote unquote, not that I believe that that's a concept that's actually real or reflective of reality. Um, yeah. As side note, nobody's dick game is good enough to change who a woman is as a person. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Oh man. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. God, Everything man. your wife has told you, I'm really sorry. Guys, I gotta go for a second. I really got <laughs> myself together after this. Yeah. Not that erotic literature would lead anyone to think that. Anyway, um, yeah. I'm just... What? All these layers. I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> At this point, I'm just baiting you. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but, like... Sorry, it, this is really hard to wrap my mind around because no, I just want to fine, no. fuck him. Um, but I, I know it makes a terrible podcast to have me going like, uh. I can cut out silence. It's no big deal. Okay. Um, <laughs> and all of my ums. Yeah, all of my stupid ums. Uh, um, see, I did it for real. The idea that, okay, so he wishes he would have been there more. Mm-hmm. to safeguard her virtue. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he wished he got an alarm for the house after someone broke in. Just the way he views her as just a thing. Property. Like, Property. Oh, yeah. She's just... Come, I like a come now, just... somebody... It's, it's like somebody scratched his truck mm-hmm. and he's mad he didn't uh, park it in the driveway. Yeah. I'm mad I wasn't paying attention because somebody broke it. Yeah. No, I don't have this. And now it's not anymore. Yeah. But also, um, let's like let's not ignore the fact that this is probably not the first time this has happened, Mister Bill. And you know, uh, it, it's it probably been going in your on within your house for years, and not just yeah. with the one child. Yeah. And you know, uh, I don't know. It's like. How many? I don't know. It's he, just a weird. Well, he has one. Dy- he only has dynamic. the one daughter, right? Yeah, and three other sons that were old. Yeah, he without sin cast the first stone. Well, then here's the thing: those boys' sexuality would not be policed in any way. Absolutely not close to what the girls' was. So this is this is why he wishes he was home. The boys can go do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. This right here, this is in the Christian church. The failing is that she's not married. Before mm-hmm. she gets knocked up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's <sighs> such, there are so many things that are so much more uh, reasonable to worry about than the mm-hmm. timeline of a pregnancy. Well, being that your team fucking rapes all these girls, like that would probably be the top of my priority of like, hey, maybe they she shouldn't be hanging out with my team. It was the same one that had the eight rapes? No, 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 no. I'm just saying that his team has all these rape allegations against them. Like, why the fuck are they hanging? Yeah, why why are they? Because he doesn't take them seriously, Chaz. 
Those are not real accusations. Those are just sluts who regretted what they did. Very true. Very true. I I, like, I know this mindset. This was 100% my high school on the woman. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. All they right. didn't, those uh, are just boys being boys. They didn't do anything yep. wrong. Yeah, they can hang out around my daughter. They're good kids at heart. Did you see how he hustled in practice? That's a good kid. Mm-hmm. I know. Right. I know these people. And yeah, he made a mistake, but you know he'll pray mm-hmm. and then he'll be forgiven for it. Yeah. Sin's a sin. They all. Well, and who knows same. if he even made a mistake? She was probably asking for it. What was she wearing? Mm-hmm. Oh, but the the father of the child was Sal Anis. Bill and Sal had a face-to-face discussion, and Bill told him that it would have no effect on his position on the team, but he needed to know if Sal was going to marry his daughter or not, and Sal said that he wasn't going to. <sighs> it's uh, John Travolta wow. from fucking Greece. <laughs> I'm not going to make you know what talking about. No. <laughs> to his word. I, can, can you imagine that conversation? Of, well, I don't really, you know, you're on the team either way, man. But you knocked on my daughter. Are you gonna marry her? Or... Come no? on, coach. Oh. No. <laughs> All right. Well, pass and receive. She got you know to what? the end zone. The play's over. Yeah. And you know what? You're running sprints at practice for that. They get to keep the ball now. Yeah. <laughs> Bill you should kept... have intercepted. <laughs> Bill kept Sal as the starter. Sal led the team to an 8-3 and three record, and they got a chance to play in the 1988 Freedom Bowl. Sal looked horrible Freedom. in the game, uh, and it would be his last of his life. In what? March, in, March, in March 1989, Sal was diagnosed with an inoperable stomach cancer. He was Aww. given six months to live. He lived long enough to see the birth of his son, TC, and his team to go 3-0 and that year. Mm. During the bye week... During the bye week, he would pass away, but Bill spent time with Sal before his death, and you know he got him to accept Christ right before he died. So, I got, there is your seventh head and ending to that story. You know, I got a lot of fucking questions about uh, where Bill was when he was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. <laughs> and Good for him for see. dying on a bye week, though. Those are boring. His team, I read an article that said their team thought that he like planned it that week that it wouldn't be yeah. the week that they were playing. So, but uh, the team, the oh team, despite God. losing, yeah, I, it, it's a way to look at it. I get it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the team, despite losing their quarterback, went 11 and 0 and were the number one team going into the 1989 Orange Bowl, but they lost to the number four team, Notre Dame and ended up in the fourth overall ranking. If they had won, they would have won the national championship and have, would have been 12-0. and zero. Um, And w- when they were being interviewed after that, he was like, we were we were going off the spirit of our of our dead teammate, you know, and we would have made it to the end, but he uh, he's in hell because he had a kid out of wedlock with my daughter. So <laughs> we didn't make it. <laughs> that did not happen. But, uh, but during the summer... The university gave Bill a massive contract extension. He signed a 15-year contract at $350,000 a year. Wow. That's massive for like I mean not the I mean nowadays the number isn't massive the dollar amount but the years are. Um I mean honestly, Mar- I I take 350 a year. 
Now? Oh, no, no. I'm talking about like in today. Back then, that was a huge contract. But like I'm talking about today, college football coaches make 10 times that. Um, but uh, I'd on, still take the 350. Anyone oh, out so there? Oh, so would I. You know. Um, not me. You know, I just feel like it's not enough. <laughs> on, on can March I tell you 20th? about my Amway later? <laughs> you can generate personal passive income. It's a reverse funnel. Off air, I'll talk to you about it. I'm intrigued. On March 20th, 1990, Bill was attending a Christian banquet with, with fellow Christian men. Ugh. On the way, Bill Gross. said that he had a vision of sports stadium full of men. Ew. Quote, in the name of Jesus, Jesus, worshiping and celebrating their faith together. End quote. Really? Yep. Just like, men, though, a, huh? See a sausage, boys. Just a stadium-filled pact of men worshiping Christ. <laughs> And oh, him and this other st- I am man. about to. Ugh. They, they Can you imagine the bathrooms? Can you imagine oh. the bathrooms? Yes. God, I'm I've about to there. vomit. Ugh. It's just sounds of gagging. That's all it's filled yeah. with. Yeah. You it's, boys it's, be the peeing same thing all over the goddamn place at a football game. <laughs> yeah, but it's all men. It's all men. That's so true. it's all the men's room taking all of the people, not split up over men and women. Can you imagine if they opened up the women's bathroom to the men and like everybody freaking the fuck out? Well, if there's no women there, then who cares? I'm not going in there. Um, anyway. I went in the men's room once. You guys have those big old water fountains, which is cool. That's a urinal. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't do that. Those aren't snacks in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's ice for your drink. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, sometimes, yeah, if you go to a bar, it's a nice sometimes. little sticky pastry yeah. sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> Bill went into the 1990 season ranked number five. Uh, they started, but off I thought the they had four, I thought they were number four. That was the year, before. or is it? Oh, it, okay, sorry, it restarts every year. Um, they started off the season one, one, and one, so one, one win, one loss, one tie, and sunk to 20th in the rankings. But they ripped off nine straight wins, including four against ranked teams. They made it to the Orange Bowl and would go up against the team that upset them and took away their national championship the year before, Notre Dame. Uh, the Fighting the, Irish. Yeah. Do you know why they're called the Fighting Irish? Because Irish people love to fucking fight. Nope. Oh, then I got nothing. Do tell. It's because the Notre Dame student body beat the KKK out of South Bend, Indiana. Hell yeah. So that is why they're called the Fighting Irish. So um, so wait, they but, were Irish. What? They weren't called the Fighting Irish before that. This was back in like the early 1900s. I think. But why would, I wouldn't would the they just date. be the fighting guys? Why would no, they be Irish? Because it was a, it was an Irish Catholic school, so Irish love to fight. I was right. No, well, no, because they beat the KKK. At, you're misconstruing and taking away they the like powerful to, statement well, that I'm giving out. She's oversimplifying. Yes, no, she is. But what I'm saying is, and I'm trying they, to make a good point about beating the KKK up. Well, I love who they beat up. Yeah, but they she, like to but fight they against the KKK. They want to beat up anybody, though, Chaz. That's, yeah, beyond the point. Like, if it, if it was an obnoxious polka band, I feel like they would have not been safe either. But good good on you for beating up the KKK. Uh, uh, between the last game of the year and the Orange Bowl, Bill would take his vision he had and make it a reality when he incorporated 
The Promise Keepers on December 3rd, 1990. And then on January 1st, 1991, Bill's team played Notre Dame. They finally beat the Irish 19 to or 10 to 9 and would share the national championship with Georgia Tech. This I wonder only if made... it felt like the KKK was beating them back at that point, the poor Notre Dame, because we all know Good the point. white supremacist ties. Yeah. With uh, these people. God damn, that is uh, deep. Sorry. <laughs> wow. You're probably the only person to ever make that connection until today, but still, I like it. No, there's probably uh, some people from uh, that are just, their minds are blown right now. They're like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I have but, been told that my brain works differently. This only usually, made Bill. Usually that's an insult, though. <laughs> this anyway. only made Bill's star brighter, and he had goals with promise, promise Keepers. He saw sports arenas not filled with sports fans, but with Christian men, and he uh, needed to get to work on it. I feel like you As just he... said this. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I did, but this is what his he, he's actually putting it into action. No, now. that's what I'm saying. This guy's got it on his mind a lot. That's what I'm saying. Oh, men. <laughs> I keep. Maybe this is like men, the first men, promise men, men, he men, promised men, himself. Men. <laughs> right. Every time he walks in a room, he's like, "I got men on the mind, boys." <laughs> <laughs> he worked on Promise Keepers and still one of the top uh, college football teams in the country. But his marriage was breaking apart as their children were grown and Lindy was becoming smaller and smaller part of Bill's life. As Bill lived his imperfect life of alcoholism, a raging temper, and obsessed with work, he came up with the seven rules of becoming a promise keeper. Number one. So he didn't learn any lesson from his daughter getting pregnant. He just said, I I should have been home more. Yeah. And then... uh, I mean, she's already nothing grown. about his behavior. She's already grown. You can't go back in time, Chrissy. You just got to learn from the mistakes that you can't correct. That wasn't his lesson to learn from. Yeah, it's for everybody else's lesson to learn. Right. That's um, her path. And she's the whore and she's got to learn from it. And I'm just a dad and did nothing wrong. Because <laughs> I did nothing. Bad, yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. Mean, his wife would like, later say in an article that uh, Bill, I didn't put it in there, but like Bill is like a plumber. He fixes everything at everybody else's house, but not their own. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what, it, that's a terrible comparison. But anyway, the first. Uh, no, no, you know why it's role, not? Because why? she's living in shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a promise number one a promise keeper is committed to honor jesus christ through worship prayer and obedience to god's word through the power of the holy spirit to trap's pretty standard mm. not you know uh number two a promise keeper is committed to pursue vital relationships with a few other men understanding that he needs brothers to help him keep his promises hmm Mm, so, accountability partners. So bro's got a bro. Um, again, pretty usual for churches to have men-only events. This is, however, pushing for small groups. Number three, a promise keeper is committed to practice spiritual, moral, ethical, and sexual purity. This is where we start to go off the rails. This might be the first Oops. modern push, and I may be way off here, ba- off base, but the idea of Christian sexual purity in the modern terms that we that we take it. So you're probably right. 
I'm sorry I'm stuck on the concept of ethical purity and how uh, that's really easily translated to ethnic purity because <laughs> not just because it sounds the same, but, but like that's part of that slippery slope of fascism of like you have to believe you have to have this exact same ethics as us. Yeah. Or yeah. you're bad. No, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number four. A promise keeper is committed to build strong marriages and families through love, protection, and biblical values. Cool. We know from the Bible, and we don't have time to go into it, but the Bible has zero grounds for family values, yeah. even as the Republicans see them. Protection is not a concern at, concerning aspect to this, as well as Christian men are protecting protect their daughters. Not just virginity, but sexual purity. Christian boys are to watch over and protect their sisters as well. Yeah. That's something that was pushed on the teenagers that went to Promise Keepers. That was that that's that was that was like pushed a lot too, just in mm -hmm. church in general. Mm -hmm. Like I, that's something I haven't thought about in a while. But like in Sunday school and stuff, they're like, you have to watch out for them because men are impure like it was so fucking weird dude yep. Oh, yep like i this is something that i had no idea so they really would tell you guys like watch out for the ladies for the like I've my younger sisters them. yeah they would for yeah that. protect them yeah, yeah like if you see if you see uh a fellow sister in christ dressed immodestly or acting immodestly it's part of your duty as a christian brother to go up to them and correct their behavior or what they're wearing or whatever. And that's where it gets like super fucked up because then you're like, what am I protecting them from? You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and then it gets really weird in your head and that's where you can start grooming people. And it's, yeah. it's really fucked. Yeah. I like, I honestly didn't even think about that for like, wow. In a long time. Oh, number five, a promise keeper is committing to support the mission of his church by honoring and praying for his pastor and by actively giving his time and resources. Cough, cough, resources. Mm -hmm. Number six, a promise keeper is committed to reach beyond any racial and denominational barriers to demonstrate the power of biblical unity. This what? is one of the only steps that I agree with, but even as Bill McCartney has stated that racism as he sees it is a sin issue and not a systematic issue. But that is not <laughs> well, isn't just that him. Convenient. Yeah, that's just that's the church as a whole. Oh, um, wait a minute. So you can just say that you're racist because you're sinning and you'd be like, I have to I have to you oh, know, yeah. repent for my sins, so I'll stop being racist eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, Absolutely. that's such a fucked way to look at that. I can totally—I never even thought about that like that. But this—this wow. this got him in a lot of trouble with evangelicals because you're asking for white evangelical men to see black evangelical men as their equals, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and that ain't fucking happening. The last <laughs> one's more of a guideline than a rule. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nice number if you did it, but you don't got to. Uh, in number seven, uh, the pro a promise keeper is committing to influence his world, being obedient to the great commandment and great commission. That sounds uh, very culty. Yeah. Mm. Uh, these steps were later made into a book. 
The Seven Promises of a Promise Keeper, where Reverend Tony Evans wrote, quote, the and this was pushed in my church and uh, from the pulpit. The first thing you do is sit down with your wife and say something like this, quote, honey, I've made a terrible mistake. I've given up. I've given you my role. I gave up leading this family and I force you to take my place. Now I must reclaim my role, end quote. Don't understand what I'm saying here. I'm not suggesting that you ask for your role back. I'm urging you take it back. If you simply ask for it back, your wife is likely to refuse. Unfortunately, there can be no compromise here. End quote. So did you did you see stuff like that firsthand? Absolutely. And so I was about to say, I I remember there were there were many times that like we weren't allowed in the living room while my parents were having adult conversations that were involving like you know roles and mm-hmm. the church and shit. And I I feel like I vividly remember something like this where. I thought that it was like a good thing because it sounded like he was like pleading. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was like being like, but I'm blah, blah, like, and it sounded like positive, but it was in the end something like that where he was just like, but it's mine and I need to do it. And it's, yeah, that yeah. shit's not okay at all. It's this so was, fucked in so many ways. This was done from the pulpit the day after the first Promise Keeping Keepers meeting my church went to. I didn't go to that one, but uh, uh, they went to that and came back and did this thing from the stage. And that, I think they had the pastor's wife up there and they did this to her in front of everyone. Um, so, yeah, that's real cool. Chrissy, what do you have to say about that? Well, OK, so I've been thinking in my head like, OK, so a, a response to this could be many, many of the sermons that I experienced. Um, But honestly, all I can think is if my husband sat me down and said that stupid bullshit to me, I would just, I I would assume he was telling me a joke to be quite honest, because (laughs) you're fucking with me right now, right? Yeah. (laughs) I, I, you want to do what now? <laughs> like, can you just imagine? I just what, what role sitting down and that? being like, what precisely do you want to do? Because fine, do more around. Like, not yeah. that my husband doesn't do a whole shit ton around this house. He does. But like, as an average, I'm just thinking of like an average woman sitting there and he's like, oh, I'm going to take back my role as the head of the house and, you're going to have your role and like, cool. So what does that look like? So think right. about the you, average. You're going to do more around here right. or yeah. I'm going to do more around what do you here. Think that entails? <laughs> well, if think it's, about I need to do more around Christian here. No husband. And mm-hmm. what they think their role is based on that umbrella and everything. And I know around my house in Donovan, I'm pretty sure that our, our, uh, I hate calling him my father, but my stepfather and your father were the same. Mm. Um, mm. They didn't do much. They rarely mm. cooked, if ever. Uh, never worked over my homework. Never uh-uh. cared about whether I brushed my teeth. No, no. I mean, basically, no parental stuff except when they wanted to control and wanted their or you if you interfered with something that was in, 
bother you know in front of them or that they're focused on mm. um and then when it came to the marriage it was basically we're having sex right now and that's yeah. we'll talk every once in a while unless there's a fight and that's about it yeah so this is uh, it seems lonely i'm sure it is Oh yeah, I'm sure it is too. Knowing the way my my mother and stepfather's marriage was, it was lonely for both of them. Yeah, um, yeah. So. I think about that sometimes, and honestly, that was probably one of the main reasons. Like, I was trying to like keep in contact with my mother for a while because, like, I was thinking about that a lot. But then in the end, it was like, yeah, but yeah, you, know, you just you they, you just get neglectful and stuff thinking about yourself if you're. Not worried about your kids, but that's a whole other fucking yeah, debacle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just a, it's a very fucked up statement because you're not, I, I mean, I'm a partner, try to be the best partner for my wife as possible, like, right. as far as dividing up housework and divide, dividing up decision making and expenses and, and whatnot. Um, and that's basically how we've made it work. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so... That's the only way that it's been keeping shit going here too. There's been men, there's been streaks of like years where it's like I didn't understand that from mm-hmm. growing up the way we did and shit, and I was just like, I just wasn't understanding of a lot of shit. Where I'm just like, oh well, that just needs to be done. I should just do it. You know, it's not like, oh well, I did this today, and it's like, no, you dumbass, it's your house too. Fucking just do it. Yeah. It's not that just... big a fucking deal. And then it's like literally you once I was just right. Right, exactly. Once I literally was just like, I don't like doing that, so why would I want my wife to have to do that? I'm mm-hmm. just going to go fucking do it so she doesn't have to do it, too. And that's just, yeah. that's not that hard. But No, it's really we not. We, right. We, in my house, we divide up chores um, based on who hates that particular chore the mm-hmm. least. Because, I mean, yeah. nobody likes doing chores. Fuck that Smart laundry. Fuck them now. dishes. Right. But it's... I. I you love know, doing the dishes, re- actually. Oh, that's, that's, no. Oh, that's sensory like hell for me. Oh, man. It, it, uh, oh. It, you can tell I'm in a bad mood if I'm quietly in the kitchen doing the dishes. See, with me, it's like <laughs> I, I, I like speed clean. And it's not like even cleaning. It's just like picking up things that are out of place. But I like walk through a room and like yep. grab like seven Decluttering. Things. Yeah, yep. I just have like an arm full of shit as I'm walking through the house putting it where yeah. it's supposed to go. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think one of the major things that the promise keeper m- misses here and in, in just Christian marriages in general misses is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's not all about chores and responsibilities of physical things around the house. Um, yeah, they just constantly just make marriage a job. That's yeah, basically yeah. All. That's yeah. Just job and stuff. sex. Yeah. Duty and, and sex. even the sex is a job. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, for the woman, you can't yeah. say no. You yeah. got to be sexually yeah, right. available for your husband, yep. or he's going to cheat on you. Yep. Once you say I do, ask and Pat you Robertson. Put that, you put that ring on your finger. You punching in for life, baby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first, the very first Promise Keepers event took place on January twenty first, nineteen ninety one, at the University of Colorado Event Center, with forty two hundred men attending. The Holy shit! This- Holy shit! I just what? realized. At this point in history, in 91, mm-hmm. uh, marital rape was still legal. Hell yeah. Uh, so th- it was not a, it, it wasn't a crime. Yikes. The so theme this, of this- that's, the, that's the world they're in when they're putting all this together. Yep. 
the theme of this conference and and these conferences will have themes is called where are the men oh. wait what Th- that was you know how conferences have names yeah like, yeah, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. but yeah, why the, just I don't know where are the men. It's it's. But it's a men only conference, so they're there. Bill yeah. loves men. <laughs> he just loves men. Well, Honestly, God. it sort of just sounds like some. He's so insecure in his masculinity that he oh, has to make absolutely. everything about it to confirm it constantly. Oh my god! Yeah, we're just, uh, we're right. gonna just call it "Where are the men?" and then all the men know to come there. Yeah, why coming. do you keep making your voice so low? Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, but Bill had hit his peak as as a coach uh, with the championship in 1991. Uh, the next season ended with an 8-3-1 and record and a loss in the Blockbuster Bowl, and they ended up ranked 20th. Um, but uh, in 1992 was a huge step forward for the Promise Keepers. Instead of 4,200 men the year before, this year there were 22,000 men. 16 speakers and a worship team filled the day and the stadium Damn. from Christianity today. Quote, men attended. Wor- That's my favorite publication. I mm-hmm. guys, I can't tell you how many articles from Christianity today I've read for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Same, same here. Same here. Especially when we were doing Christ watch. Oh, I read that so shit good. all the time. I'm like 90% positive. That's why my ads have been crazy lately. <laughs> Quote, men attended workshops such as, healing the masculine soul and accountability relationships. When they weren't listening to worshiping, the men browsed among the booths set up by groups such as focus on the family and Capitol Hill prayer alert or scooped up t-shirts that proclaimed promise keepers, men, men of integrity. Yeah. End quote. That sounds right though. It sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand what the problem with that is. <laughs> <laughs> Before that uh, fest- festival, before that conference, there was a three-day training program for fifteen hundred pastors and church leaders from across oh. the country. Oh man! Holy shit! It is a festival. It's like Maybe... several days, different speakers, uh, <laughs> bands, worship music. That shit's yeah. a festival. Sunday, May... Sunday, come see DC to talk. It's Christian Coachella. Uh, maybe one of your pastors, I know, uh, attended this. I know one of my pastors oh, yeah. attended one of these programs throughout the years, but, um, like all yeah. of mine, all of my male teachers were promise keepers. Mm. Wow. Um, I know the pastors were, everybody was a promise keeper. It's like burning man for priests. <laughs> and then they just burn a giant cross at the end of it. Um, I feel like we're we're sending mixed messages. (laughs) Go get the fighting Irish and let them take it back. Duke duke it out. You just see a mass of fucking just people in jerseys coming over a hill. Like, no, it's just symbolic. We didn't mean it. No, I would just just like 70 ripped college Jews beating the fuck out of evangelical Christians is all I want to see with helmets. Um, Anyway, uh, again from Christianity Today. Quote, Promise Keepers Leadership Training Conference called Training Men to Train Men. God. Training Men to Train I'm going to get, look, I'm going to get two men in this one. (laughs) Let's run a train, guys. (laughs) I got the best idea for this conference name. 
Ready, ready, ready. Training men to train men. You see how it's funny that I rhymed men with men? <laughs> I'm a goddamn genius. <laughs> My brain is jacked. I'll be the caboose. Uh, <laughs> but you still have to call me coach. Oh, yeah, that's his kink. Put me in. Get mm. ready for this one. Uh, topics <laughs> topics that uh, there were included. Biblical masculinity. Oh, hell yeah. Healing the void, providing hope and restoration for a fatherless generation. And shepherding... It's their the... own goddamn fault that... that... Listen, Chrissy, Get... every finger you point, three point back to the women, all right? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't bring my shit back at me. <laughs> and then shepherding the home front, equipping husbands and fathers. So to be men. Yeah. Uh, Bill also wrote his first promise keepers book that year called mm -hmm. what makes a man 12 I promises, 12 promises that will change your life with tons. Of I'm just going to quote. I need to quote Lebowski right now. That and a pair of testicles. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like yeah. I, you got to have Lebowski quotes whenever you can. It's just a rule. Um, with a ton of help from notable people of the evangelical world, including jo Dr. James Dobson, who had brought into the messages of the Promise Keepers and wanted to expand on those 12 steps of, of addiction to toxic Christian masculinity. The next season what? was six. What? Addiction to toxic Christian masculinity? Yeah. No, that's just addictive. me. That's me. Oh, I thought you were yeah. saying that that was Dobson's no. thing. I was like. No, they they talked about the. I I meant it. Let me start that out. Let me say that again. Uh, mm -hmm. With tons of help of notable people from the evangelical world, including Doctor James Dobson, who had brought in, who was brought into the message of the Promise Keepers, and wanted to expand on the twelve steps of addiction to pornography to the toxic Christian masculinity, and that is my joke. Put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next season was successful for the Buffaloes. I will admit it. I love the Buffaloes during this time. I remember them. Uh, I hated them because they would beat the Notre Dame because they were my favorite team. Um, but their offense was so exciting and fast. They went they went nine two and one, ending the season with a loss to the Syracuse Orangemen in the Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl, but they did end the season ranked thirteenth. It's too many different bowls. Yeah, like sports. They, yeah, there's there were a ton of there's a ton now, but back then it was ridiculous. Um, mm. Promise keepers. I want a burrito bowl now. Yeah, oh, hell I'm yeah, hungry. Sorry, it's lunch. Um, lunch is going to be soon. Um, Promise keepers grew bigger and bigger now. The national conference in 1993 had more than <laughs> doubled the size from the 1992 conference. Over 50,000 men from all over the world came to Boulder. Oh. I know I personally for I, I purposely forgot to mention that there was a hefty fee for even back then to get into a Promise Keepers event. Oh god. It was sixty dollars, which today is about hundred and twenty three dollars for a ticket. Wow. Hey, and our, our our minimum wage is the same. <laughs> <laughs> None of this included airfare, hotels, the massive amount of money they spent inside the conference, which in included 
ton of swag, like the Lord's Gym shirt my stepfather had. They even put out a live CD of that event that you could get at your low school Christian bookstore and play in the car with your stepson, telling them you're going to go to one of those conferences and how you're going to be a better man. Is the Lord's Gym shirt the one where it's like Jesus lifting the cross? Yeah, yeah. Because if so, fuck you for bringing that back into my mind. Jesus is jacked. Uh, the operational budget of the Promise Keepers went into eight digits, and they decided that in 1994 eight. they needed to expand. Yes, it was. I think it was eight. 24 million at that point. Oh, I th- is that like a billion? I don't, I'm not mad. No, so so six would be six figures would be like six hundred thousand, and then nine figures would be like six hundred million. So this is like sixty million, but it's actually twenty four million. I don't know why I said sixty. Never mind. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Yeah, and I would just like to say, hurt. <laughs> I would just like to say, Common Core math um, is great. Was that last episode we mentioned scanners? Because this shit is like boom. Well, you have COVID, so take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Oh, that's um, true. From the Baltimore oh, Sun. No, wait a second, I'm going to use this vape. That'll definitely help. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Donovan, this one's from you from the Baltimore Sun. I wrote this. Quote, Promise Keepers has scheduled conferences this year in Anaheim, California, Boise, Idaho, Indianapolis, Denton, Texas, Portland, Oregon, and Boulder, expected to attract more than 200,000 people, according to Chad Hammond, the group's Texas director. Of course, his name is Chad. What year was this? 1994. Okay, because you said Anaheim, and I was like, fuck, is that the well, one? No, this, like, well, this article was from 1993, talking about the 1994 year, what's going to happen in okay. 1994. But before 1994 could start, 1993 had to take its time. And early in 1993, Bill's daughter, Christy, this time 24, still unmarried with a three-year-old. Huh. Well, she got pregnant again. And this time, oh, of this course time, she did. This time, it was to another University of College football oh. player, defensive end Shannon Chevelle, who was also not a saint, and he was convicted of assault in December 1994. So maybe talk- he should have learned that fucking lesson and stayed home more and protected her virtue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fool me once. Shame yeah. on you. Fool me. Shame on yourself. Or fool, something. Fool me like can't take a fool times. again. <laughs> yeah. Fool me twice. Daughter's pregnant again. Oh God. Yeah. Uh the team returned with the same offense and showed flashes of greatness, but still disappointed uh in their talent and went eight, three, and one. They did beat number twenty five Fresno State in the Aloha Bowl and ended the season ranked sixteenth. So, but yet again, as Promise Keepers in football career moved up upward, his marriage absolutely fell apart. Mm. Lindy told Sports Illustrated that she was drinking and smoking, and she was dealing with depression and isolation. But, oh, shit. I mean, she's being fucking hashtag candy. same. In 1994. I'm just kidding, not really. <laughs> I'm just 19- kidding. 1994 was a step forward for Promise Keepers, though. The Indianapolis Convention brought in 63,000 people. Over 16,000 hotel rooms were booked in that county alone. 
churches in the area opened up their floors for men to sleep on. Okay. In all, <laughs> wasn't one of Osteen's churches, was it? <laughs> well, there it was white Christian, so probably. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Promise Keeper, in all, Promise Keepers had seven stadium conventions that year with over 300,000 men attending. Jesus. Just, and, just to be clear, can you reiterate one more time what the Promise Keepers actually do? They hold conventions, they, Donovan. They're, they're supposed to help men become better husbands and fathers. The, uh, and they hold conventions where they make a shit ton of money. Yeah, Christian Valley. Oh, fuck, did the power team ever perform at a promise keepers because that would be an no this was at, awesome this, that's terrible. this was shit. yeah this was right as the power team was going downhill they were going uh, they were ascending so but uh power team was like, more for kids you mean we don't have to break bats <laughs> <laughs> my thought shit power ruined. team is for kids Seriously, they could have just gone to a promise keepers event taken off their shirts and knocked some balls around in the air and would have been Happy as hell. Um, yeah, with the not... number of word number of times they use the word man. Yeah, men. absolutely. They're awfully yeah. obsessed with men. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, in all, uh, did that. Uh, even more merch was being made and slung. Books like Seven Promises for a Promise Keeper, like I said before, was made into a CD. Oh, um, and then CDs like A Life That Shows. Promise Keepers commemorative pins and coins, oh and God. the Seize the Moment slogan for the 1994 shirt and conventions. You could get that made on a hat or whatever bullshit you wanted to get your hands on. I'm going to put it on my assless chaps. <laughs> yeah, is that, I mean, is that, am I the only one whose mind is going to like, maybe this was a like a, these, some of these events were like really great opportunities for secretly gay men to meet up. No, is that just me? No, because I think well, no, not not gay men. I think she's onto something. Closeted no, I, Christian men. Yeah, this is this is kind of pre-internet, so right. the chances of trying like... to find another gay man. But, yeah. uh, no, but this is like a Christian think, gay bathhouse. I bet they were like making nudges and what I was yeah bathroom. It might be the foot tapping. This yeah, or this might be time to go find the local gay bar because you know that you're gonna get some some Christian man sex that <clears> night. Just um, a bunch but, of just a bunch of fucking flushed faced white dudes coming in all the gay bars that night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not far from Hamburger Aww. Mary's in Long Beach, and that's yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I've never been here before. Who do I pay? <laughs> somebody did say that there was a incre- I couldn't find the a study or anything concrete about it. So this is just taken. Don't take this as gospel, but uh, uh that uh, the um. Porn usage skyrocketed in the hotels that were uh, when Promise Keepers was in town. So, Who did sense. that study? That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't. That's again. That's that's just that could be just <laughs> a joke. It could be real. I don't know. But uh, quote: Promise Keepers is a product of the leadership of a well-financed religious conservative organization designed to create a men-only movement to promote their ultra-conservative social and political agenda. Topping its list is women must submit to men, end quote. <sighs> They're not wrong. Okay, so I'm torn. 
I'm torn. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like what Nadia they're and Brugulia. <laughs> yes, nothing's right here. Um, so fine. I that is their right under free speech. Um, I don't have to agree with the bullshit that they're spouting. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, sex-based rights do include being able to gather um, in a single-sex environment and say what you want without the government getting mad. Now, I don't agree with any of the stupid bullshit they say or think, but I do appreciate the free speech aspect of it. Well, I mean, they also have free speech to critique the organization of Promise Keepers. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying what now is doing is wrong. I'm just saying, like, yeah, we should all be aware of the, like, if I was in that situation, or if I was now, I would, I would actually, I would put that same statement out, but just like, hey, just so you're aware, which may be what they're doing, but you can't really shut them down like they're acting within their constitutional rights they're just assholes well yeah i mean that's pretty much what you what they're saying with women must submit to men they're just i I don't know yeah i don't know yeah i mean i i support their right to say it even though i disagree with it um and i do hope that they should a cactus and then fall into a a pool of lemon juice like that's i mean that seems like a fair thing to me yeah Yeah. but if i want the the ability to say what i want without government uh censure i have to allow it to chrissy chrissy free speech only works one way in this country you have to realize this i know um but uh, by 1994, the operational budget of Promise Keepers was 26 million, with a staff of 150 people. What the fuck is going on? The it's too ni- much money. We're recording the... a podcast, Donovan. <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm talking about all the fucking. The COVID money. fog is bad. <laughs> The 1994 season might have been the best season of Bill McCartney's career. The young offense was now seasoned and dominating the college football world with only one loss to the number three Nebraska Cornhuskers, who would eventually go on to be the national championships that year. Uh, nine players would get uh, would get drafted into the NFL the next year, one being Rashawn Salam, who rushed for over 2,000 yards that year, one of only four running backs in college yeah. football history to ever do that, and 24 touchdowns. He would win the Heisman Trophy and draft get drafted 21st overall. But in did 2000. he score four touchdowns in a single game like Al Bundy? No, no he didn't. Exactly. Uh, probably he did. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> uh, in 2016, Rashan Salam committed suicide, and it was believed due to the effects oh. of CTE. Oh. Uh, the bu- Sorry. The Buffaloes were given the Fiesta Bowls, the, let me the Buffaloes were given the Fiesta Bowl to play in, play in, uh, and they would play the unranked national. Uh, they would play the unranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish, 
and not given a chance to play for the national championship that year, and they would end up ranked number three. Mm. But before the game against Notre Dame, Bill was with Lindy in their hotel room. When Bill had to confess something to Lindy, his already distant and depressed wife. I really like men. <laughs> Apparently, 20 years before, in 1974, Bill had an affair and cheated on Lindy and had been living with the lie ever since. Oh, man. He apparently Read the got up. room, Bill. Fuck. Bill got He's already up. having a hard time. Not that I think you should keep secrets. Like, don't cheat in the first place. But fuck, dude. Very <laughs> struggling. Uh, Bill got up and left his wife, got into the car with his pastor, and drove to the stadium for pre-game warm-ups. Oh, my God. <laughs> The wow. Buffalo beat the Buffaloes beat the Irish forty-one to twenty-one. It would be the last game that Bill McCartney would ever coach, though. Look, I know you're Good. having a hard time dealing with this, so I'm just gonna leave you with your thoughts. I'm gonna head to the game, and when I get home, you can have my dinner on the table, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> I'm just gonna <sighs> shit on the floor right here, and you just <laughs> sit here and smell it for the next, like, I don't know, five to six hours. Christ, eat it while you're at it too. Ugh. Bill did walk I away. Hate from... oh, I yeah. hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Bill, uh, do you really think that's the only time he ever cheated on his wife? No. Come on. Okay. What? He's got a team full of rapists. But that's you know... what he said, though. And he's a white man. I believe him. Bill walked mm. away from being one of the biggest <laughs> college football coaches in America. Some suspected that he was going to coach at the University of Michigan. Some thought it was because his daughter was getting knocked up again. Oh, Some man. thought it was because he was because of promise keepers. No one knew for a few years that it was because he, the promise keepers of promise keepers, the coach of godly men, had not only fucked around on his wife, but he was a distant and abusive husband with an anger problem. He was an alcoholic, a terrible father, O overlooked sexual abuse and assault for wins and made millions in the process. He addressed the media and told them that he was stepping down from coaching to focus on the promise keepers. Oh man. You think this would be a At rebound. least he didn't have the fucking audacity to say he was stepping down to focus on his family. But that was hey, in there too. Like, but like you know, like focus, how people yeah. say when they're fired. Yeah, but I mean his family's already grown and everything. I don't know if that was used in like a major excuse yet. James Dobson was like, cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think this would be a rebound story and Bill wised up and his marriage was fixed overnight, but Bill drove Bill dove right into Promise Keepers while his wife literally wasted away. For the next year, Lindy secluded herself from everyone. She consumed reading self-help books, reading almost over a hundred of them. She stopped eating and lost over 80 pounds. But Bill went on the road with the Promise Keepers. 13 events across the country. 750,000 men, including 60,000 passers attended, including my stepfather at RFK Stadium. So, the next day, the men of the church who went... Uh, this is at my church, sorry. The next day after the event, the men of my church who went came on stage. They recited the seven steps of the Promise Keepers. 
They all openly apologized to their wives. They showed off their new worship skills they had learned at the events with raised hands and swaying and overdramatic bullshit. We uh, go clownercockwise now. Before <laughs> we went that way. Did you guys ever go to a church where that was not done and then all of a sudden it was? Uh, hell yeah. It was really fucking weird. Yeah, because my uh, original church was just old people, like I've told you before. And then when we went to that one church after that, I was very un like unnerved. <laughs> oh, yeah. I meant the church that you were already in that started doing that. Oh, like they oh, started no. doing Oh, no, no, no. I never did it. No. Oh, God, I can't imagine. That'd be so fucking weird. <laughs> like <laughs> the Promise first Keeper... time it happens? Yeah. Promise Keepers brought mm. that shit to my church. That would be so funny, mm. especially th like the old people start doing it. <laughs> throwing their hands up <laughs> and this is where i introduce accountability partners but we'll talk about the idea next episode but this is uh, sorry this is where i was introduced to accountability this is where i was introduced to accountability partners the full monty <laughs> yes. fuck you donovan <laughs> he was a good man no, he wasn't. I'm he sorry. Was he took kids over now, state lines and talked about masturbation with a young boy. No, no. Those are not things it a good man does. It wasn't just me. It was a whole youth group. Oh, man. Oh, that makes it better. Yes. I really appreciate No, it really doesn't. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Promise, like keepers, <laughs> Promise Keepers was all about starting small groups. It was supposed to be for men, but teenagers were welcome or forced by their stepfathers if they had no clue how to parent. Is this um, is this when the church, this became more widespread in the church? All those weird like small group Bible studies where it's only like five guys. I'm not an expert at any of this, but just I, I just remember from my experience. Wow. That this is where this kind of started. We always had like the large pancake breakfasts and everything like that. Like yeah, that and the bigger normal. Bible studies. But then yeah. it moved into. I always noticed it would be like five guys mm -hmm. who would start a Bible study, and then they'd meet at like Denny's every yep. Tuesday Dude. at six a.m. This is really yep. fucking fucking with me. I've never really thought about this that way, and now I'm understanding what that all was about, and it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, I was it so is. Little, I remember that, like them being in the steeple and shit, and then me being like, like not being allowed to go in there. You know what I mean? Like an usher being at the door, like, oh, we can't yeah. come in here right now. This is uh the husband, blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, okay, going back to fucking Sunday school. Mm -hmm. So weird. And the reason I bring all this in here is because uh the fuck is that noise hmm? i don't know there's a noise going on in my house i think one of my dogs is chewing on something anyway uh An official these, host. <laughs> these small groups would meet on saturdays or sundays between services pancake breakfast or pizza hangouts or like you said denny's that was always a, a denny's or uh, whatever diner was in the area coffee uh, and donuts that's yeah the... that's another thing uh we would pray read from our promise keepers books then break off with our partners in these private times with our partners we would talk about how we have kept or not kept our appropriate promises which included pornography which included pornography usage and masturbating and thinking lustfully. 
The things with both of this, both of these topics is that they are universal and stretch from being a teen to an old man, unlike marriage. So this is the reason we're talking about this because this is where this starts. Right. Um, so this, this Don, like Donovan was like, blew your mind because this is like where this came from. And it's like, yeah, like, uh, it's so weird, like seeing it unfold and like reliving yeah. it in my head, where I'm just like, that this shit started like overnight, right? Yeah. And it's so weird too when you like the 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 secret like little fucking studies and stuff like Chrissy was talking about. Like you don't even question it when it's happening when you're a kid because you're just like, oh, it's just that, you know. You don't know what they're really talking about if like you're at super young with it. Because mm-hmm. I had no fucking idea they were talking about stuff like that and why only the husbands were allowed in there. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I remember that guys that weren't married would be in there if they were older, like, single single dudes, and they would come out afterwards talking, like, all the husbands would be talking to them. Like, well, you know you gotta... And giving them advice for dating. Yep. It was, Absolutely. Been, oh, so weird. I, ne- I have not thought about that shit in so long. Yeah. Dating... Um, how to avoid looking at pornography, how to avoid masturbating, how to, uh, please, a, like, please a woman, like, uh, how no, to talk to no. a woman, um, how to train a woman. Like that yeah, was a no. joke. Absolutely. That was a quote unquote joke that was said so much. You just got to train yep. them right. You know, you got to make yep. get them where you want them. And then I just mm-hmm. sent you guys a text with a picture of what my face looks like right now, because there's no, I can't. I don't. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> she smelled a bad poop. Yeah. It, no, it literally like, looks like I bit a turd. Um, like a grown man poop, like not like a kid yeah. poop. Like Andre. No, the like giant. I, I went yeah, full yeah. Aleister Crowley yeah. and ate it with a fork. Yeah. Oh um, God. <laughs> but, well, get ready for this one, Chrissy. You you want you want something else that's going to make you do that. One of the worst things to come out of Promise Keepers was public feet washing. Oh, fuck. We did this at our church. Oh, I hated it. Which some men did from stage to their wives, and pastors asked men to do the same to their own wives at home. So this was done at stage at Promise Keepers events. Um, One time the pastor washed everybody's feet in the church while we listened to it worship music and it was one of the worst days of my life did he dry it with his hair no he's fucking bald (laughs) (laughs) there were towels they probably probably some poor church lady had to do like 16 loads of towels he's just humming along to the music as he splashes your feet in it Lord, I lift your name on high no that's do you see why it's (laughs) like one of the worst that's one of the worst it's on par with the time that I thought I'd, when we were in Italy, mm-hmm. when I thought I'd be like Lucille Ball and go to one of those things where you crush the grapes with your feet. Oh, God. It, I, uh. The moment I stepped in there, I was like, I made a huge mistake. Gross. This is a sensory experience I will never be able to forget, and no, I will want to. <laughs> um, I have no idea if my stepfather did this to my mother, but I seriously doubt she would have let him do this. Uh, that I, oh, they yeah. they did pray together and all that jazz, but it wouldn't have flew in my house. Um, Just go get a pedicure mother, together. Yeah. Then my both mother of your was feet not a physical walked. person. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember my mom joking about it. I think, 
I don't know. I feel like I might remember them because my mom had really fucking gross feet, like really <laughs> gross feet. Never no. joked about it. So I feel like I remember them doing it with a bowl and like her laughing about how gross it was and him too. I feel like I remember that. But like I said, there's so much shit that I just like pushed down that I don't know if yeah. I'm remembering that or not. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Plus, you know, the COVID fog thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, this, this podcast does make me feel like Danny Torrance with the little fucking lock boxes and shit. <laughs> I'm oh my god, them that's all, a... and I'm just running around like a fucking psychopath, just unlocking them <laughs> right. all, laughing. Oh my god, that is the most apt way to put it. Oh my Holy god, sh- my mind—they're all blown. popping open. The lady in the bathtub. Yep. Jesus. Uh, oh. Something else that no one wants to talk about because it was never only overtly said but women well sometimes it wasn't some most times it was so (laughs) let me retract that but women were to submit themselves to their husband in every aspect including sexually Mm -hmm. men are supposed to be out helping helping more at home and with the kids and being better communicators but one of the rewards for all that sacrifice and extra work the lord's men was uh was the same for teens who waited until marriage and that was the most earth-shaking cock exploding pussy gaping fuck sessions of your life your wife and jesus christ high-fiving both of you at the same time it's just you and jesus eiffel towering your wife yep oh yeah (laughs) brooklyn bridge yeah uh yep i thought a brooklyn bridge had a hoagie involved hey whatever you like to do um I like your the, the old Chinese finger trap. <laughs> when you this guys also... share some Peking duck, is that what that is? Right on the back. Uh, <laughs> this also meant that women would have to do their godly duty since their man was being a promise keeper and get that whisker biscuit ready for some <laughs> slamming anytime he wants to get his fill. Oh, my. I. I... <laughs> why 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 would you say that why would you say those words together and put that in my brain for the rest of my life how dare you that's hard to say that's hard to say whisker biscuit no whisker biscuit it's hard to hear oh look at the old whisker biscuit (laughs) <laughs> you know what you guys need to get saved because i don't want to be in hell with you for eternity if you're going to say shit like that <laughs> so i i have found that the best sex of my life is when the other person is apathetic and going through the motions overrated um, have you been talking hap- to your therapist about your necrophilia or is that <laughs> i said don't breathe uh, <laughs> we all have our secrets uh so now i need to go into a little uh childhood trauma so uh, yeah. uh this sort of happened in my house uh we had a nintendo and then a sega in my parents room around the oh, time that right. promise that the, that promise keepers started mm. um my stepfather started going uh to meetings and then took me uh and there was a unexpected uptick in sex that required me to fuck off out of the room. Um, I think they scheduled sex for Sunday mornings because 
unfucking fortunately for me, my bedroom was right next to their bedroom and oh. the squeak box that they boned on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. Oh my god. It was Do you think they like, scheduled it or do you think they just It was that was scheduled, but there was an uptick of like, I'm home now, we have sex. And oh, get out of room sort of sort of thing for like it probably a couple months and then it stopped but like like the raising of hands in church in the small groups okay. it all happened overnight can i ask you kind of a personal question anytime donovan so was there a point where your like your stepdad would like start coming out in his robe i saw my stepfather naked more than once no i mean like around friends and stuff no uh no yeah, okay. I saw him in That's his, his underwear a lot. Okay. That's I'm grooming, Donovan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because I, my dad used to do that sometimes, like when, uh, like legit, yeah, it's fucked up. See, this is, these are the I'm things sorry. that I'm always constantly finding out that were like, nah, bro, that wasn't normal. <laughs> no, that's kind of a power <laughs> thing. No, my stepfather would do the, I need to witness to you, and then I'm going to yell at you in front of your friends. See my kind of thing, yeah. Where I'm just like, please don't come over. Please don't ask to come over my house. Like I don't want to sleep over at my house. <laughs> yeah. See, and I didn't even think about anything that he was doing was weird. You know what I mean? And that's oh what, yeah, that's I know. I get so it. fucking irritating about all of it because now I'm looking back and I'm like, it's yeah, not your fault. Odd. It's because he like, groomed you not to think it was weird. It's not your right. fault. Yeah. I just remember like yeah. being in that. my room with my friends or my cousins and shit. Then like my parents would be gone and it would be a joke like, oh, we're your parents. And also my dad would come out in his fucking robe and stuff. I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? And stuff. And, was, and I'm like, ha, yeah. that's crazy, dad. You're goofy. Get out of here, Chevy Chase. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, uh... Therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. <sighs> 1996 Promise Keepers went on a 22 stadium tour and attracted 1.1 million men, including yours truly, where the motto that year was break down the walls of that fucking pussy. Yeah, with your dick. Don't um, have a boundary. Don't have a boundary. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. Oh, shit. What's really fucked up is there was a hardcore band I was getting to, into in that point of the time that was called Youth of the Day, and they had an album called Break Down the Walls, and it was just kind of like a weird thing that was going on. But anyway, uh, the budget for Jesus. Promise Keepers at that point in time was almost $100 million, and they had over 300 employees. They had their eyes on bigger things. One of them was to get at least one conference in each state by 2000, but first was, in 1995, one of the boogie, biggest boogeymen of the evangelical world of the 90s, Louis Farrakhan, held oh the Million God. Man March in Washington, D.C. Oh, my God. So many memories unlocked. Please go on. <laughs> this would not fucking stand. Promise no. Keeper said, fuck that. We need a million Christian men on that grass. And they originally planned their their march for 1996, but they got wouldn't like be thought of today. Well, I don't. They don't really know the total amount, but uh, the oh, uh, like Trump's inauguration. Huh? Yeah, they originally wanted to plan it for 1996, 
but wanted to avoid any political affiliation issues because of the 1996 election. Uh, they planned it for 1997, something that I don't even think would even occur to them today. Um, they'd be like, let's do it and bring the president. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now at home, Bill and Lindy's marriage started to get better. They both saw a Christian counselor. Lindy got help outside help with her eating disorder. Um, Bill went out. Was Girl, not just on the, leave him. Just I leave know. him. Bill went out on was not on the road as much and was home uh, by 4 p.m. each day from the promise keeper's office. So I'm sure that made her life so much better having that fucking asshole around. Anyway, yeah. on October 4th, 1997, Stand in the Gap was held on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. And again, yours truly was there. I have a picture. You were there? Some, I was there. I have a picture somewhere of me, my step and my stepfather standing on the National Mall, and I'm wearing, I believe, a green eagles hat and a plank eye ringer shirt. Uh there was a lot of singing, Very. praying. You I bet you were cool. I bet the girls thought you were a super cool Christian guy, though. There were all just men there. So there might have been some I'm sorry. Older men that thought I was like good looking. I don't know. That's why um, I said I was sorry. I didn't know we, that we stumbled into some trauma. There was a lot of singing, praying, talking, crying, and so on. My stepfather cried and prayed over me and asked me for forgiveness and then washed my feet. Oh. It was a fun time had by all. Was it at least warm outside or were you indoors? It was oct- October, October 4th. So it was it was semi. I'm, I remember just wearing a t-shirt. Oh, okay. So because DC gets cold, I won't. I mean, it's a weird place. My <laughs> mind went. I think years. just because yeah. I'm uncomfortable with the whole concept of. Yeah, yeah. All of it. Uh, but uh, after this event, promise keepers fell like a fucking rock from the sky. There was a bunch of reasons. A good chunk of Christian men weren't too happy of some of the theology being pushed by promise keepers, and a lot of those people hated the racial reconciliation that Bill McCartney and promise keepers pushed, and that definitely hurt numbers. The internet hurt the numbers also because, well, the internet eats all. I mean, it just takes up time. Uh, Churches were realizing they didn't need promise keepers or their theology to hold small groups and push their own misogynistic christianity and we've seen where that has gotten us today yeah in the end evangelical christianity will never come to agreement on theology especially one that calls for accountability and racial equality some men in churches thought it was too emotional instead of instead (laughs) instead of based on faith I seriously was completely cold and logical. <laughs> I ser- I I googled like I think uh pro- issues with the promise keepers and it was all these like ultra conservative Christian websites being like they're too emotional. It's not oh, biblically shit. based. <laughs> Just like all right. <laughs> um uh, some men in churches, th- I mean, I did that already. Uh, purity culture would flood into churches. And with that, parents could focus more on their children's sins rather than their own. Hell yeah. The other major reason, and probably the biggest, 
was that Bill McCartney was of Bill McCartney's own doing. He wanted to drop the entrance fee for stadium events. Bill stupidly didn't think money should keep people from worshiping Jesus with other men. And by especially if there's a collection plate, I agree with them. You'll make that money back. In January 1st, 1995, less than three months from Stand in the Gap, all the money was gone. Promise Keeper announced by March 31st, 1998, they would be laying off 345 of their staff. Damn. I thought they only had 300. It grew since then. Um, oh wow! Bill again, and their staff is three hundred and seventy-six. That's just him. I don't know how many they have. It's three hundred and forty-five. It was just a, but yeah, I don't know how many people they actually had. But they uh, at the that was the number of the people that they were going to let go. Uh, Bill again stupidly and ignorantly believed that the evangelical church would collectively come together and donate money to promise keepers to keep the ministry going. Huh. He said, quote, I believe that every church that names the name of Jesus is supposed to give promise keepers one thousand dollars. What? I mean, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for us. Because <laughs> if I know anything, it's those uh, evangelical Christians are really open with their money if there's nothing that they're getting back for it. That sounds um, like something that Kenneth Copeland would 100% say, and then like at the end of it, be like, "No, I'm not saying you have to do it. Just it's something you all should do." So I I and really you believe that you're a bad person. yeah, right. I really believe that he believed that, uh, and like it just didn't happen. Um, so uh, Promise Keepers canceled some events uh, in the next year because they needed money to put deposits on stadiums to hold the events for them. Uh, you have to put money down like months in advance. So if there's no money to put down, you can't put on an event. Uh, they live Anyone who's the... planned a wedding knows. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but he wouldn't because I'm sure he didn't. Well, his daughter's not married, so he didn't have to pay for yeah. a wedding. And he didn't. I'm sure he didn't plan his own wedding. Come on now. They limped towards 2000. Uh, then Bill had an amazing idea that would shake the world. I'm sure you guys all heard of this. He wanted every promise keeper in America to go to their state capitol at 1159 on December 31st, 1999 for the hope for a new millennium, light the night, and at the stroke of midnight to start the new millennium. This faded by the mid-year and was basically laughed off as everyone was consumed by Y2K. He was like, this is going to be like Christian hands across America. Yeah. What's hold on? I'm Googling. I wonder if that's where Jordan Peele got the idea for us. No, there was actually, I think there was like a hands across America thing. Oh, no, no, I know. I was like saying like, because it's like a Christian scary version of it. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. (laughs) So this was like 1996? No, he thought this up in, I believe, 1998. Okay. As a as a way to rebound the promise keepers and bring them back, and uh, a new way to start off the new millennium as a as a force for Jesus Christ in the year two thousand. Um, but uh, so nobody showed it, up. Good. <laughs> I mean, it, what what it what it made me think of is I, I was wondering what year the Take Back the Night march started. You know, against uh, sexual assault. Yeah, and I was wondering if they were sort of trying to not piggyback off of that, but maybe like 
in Christian words, rebuke it. Yeah, I um, can see that. But Take Back the Night started in uh, 1976. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this is so, may, I mean, maybe it was their response. It, this is, at this time, Rush Limbaugh and uh, his oh, yeah. femme Nazi discourse mm-hmm. was very popular, especially with these people. So they could have been like, eh, like mm-hmm. light up and I did better and take that than that. Feminist. Um, did I just turn into Cartman? Jeez. You did for a second there. Uh, that's because we're talking about Boulder, Colorado. Uh, mm. Bill left the Promise Keepers in 2003 to care for his wife, Lindy. Lindy developed a severe respiratory illness and needed more attention and care. She, uh, I'm sure none of that was brought on by, you know, the smoking and the 80 pounds she lost in less than a year and so on and so forth. But uh, she died in in 2013, so she lived another 10 years. Um, but as of today, Bill lives with his daughter, Christy. He has been battling Alzheimer's and dementia since 2016. And with that, uh, I hope Keepers... Christy is in a relationship where she is happy and fulfilled. Oh, I'm sure. Even if it's just with herself. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that uh, Tom Promise Keepers tried to do a rebound right before the pandemic started when they announced a giant stadium event in, in Dallas, Texas. That, of course, I remember didn't that. Happen. Yeah, that didn't happen. And then they tried to do a virtual one, um, which I don't think got very big numbers but uh yeah the stand in the gap event i i they they don't know the exact number it was you know the park service says like two hundred thousand, uh but it could be up to six hundred thousand. um conservatives like to say eight to a hundred to a million so but Just, yeah like i have a vague a super vague memory of of a storm it which is why I thought it was 200,000 because I, I have a vague memory of a sermon mm-hmm. where um, the pastor was complaining that only 200,000 people would show up in the nation's capital for Jesus, but mm. that um, they would, Jesus, my brain wants to say Al Franken. Um, <laughs> uh are we talking sharp who did the million man march sharpton louis farrakhan farrakhan not yeah by i'm any sure sharpton was there yeah yeah but definitely yeah i was definitely thinking the wrong person uh but i remember the sermon being sort of not explicitly saying but sort of hinting like oh look people will show up for black people rights but they won't show mm-hmm. up for jesus like what's the state yeah. of the country um mm-hmm. Which is a super fun memory to have in my brain. <laughs> um, Bill McCartney won one national championship, three Big Eight championships, which is the division they played in in, in college. Uh, won Coach of the Year's honors in 1989, and he was inducted to the College Football Hall of Fame in 2013. He has shown the evangelical world how to monopolize on the idea of masculine Christianity, which has mutated infested and plagued our churches for the last 30 years bill also showed that the words and message is absolutely more important than the actions of the person pointing the moral compass but he certainly wasn't the first and wouldn't be the last person to do that if bill mccartney would have just been a football coach he would have probably been one of the greatest 
but Bill seemed like the person who would put their minds on something and would take it to the max and exceed very quickly like he did with coaching, with promise keepers, and with his own marriage. But something happens when people like this get power and they don't give a fuck who gets stepped on to reach their goals. It could be victims of crimes of his players. It could be his kids, his wife. It could be gays. It could be women. In the end, greatness was achieved. If there was a Hall of Fame... I mean, any other... You know, any like women aren't people to guys like this. No, absolutely not. Um, If there was a Hall of Fame for evangelicals, there might be a Bill McCartney wing dedicated to evangelical athletes. What what McCartney did, not only on the field, but with Christianity, could not be duplicated today. It's next to impossible on both fronts. Colorado was one of the last small school championships to win a national championship, and that was in 1990. Oh, Tom's you're talking team. about winning. I was like, no, I'm talking I about. I bet he every... could do. Oh, okay. Because uh, I was on, like, on... I bet he could do it today with the, uh, you know. Um, no, on promise. Hiding sexual was... abuse. Yeah, promise of keepers his players. Was the... Pro... Yeah, promise keepers one was one of the last type of evangelical stadium tours before Donald Trump came along, but promise keepers would be called too woke today because just based on their racial rhetoric, and I'm sure some of the more manly men of God would rebuke the feminization of Christian men. But let's be real, Promise Keepers is the origin story for the path that the evangelical church took today, even if they would denounce chunks of it. And it is the path of which we took towards the... uh, Oh my god, get off of me. Sorry, dog. Another guest. Um, <laughs> and Promise Keepers uh was basically the I don't know, the origin story for how we started our pornography uh shame fest. Mm-hmm. So and I know we didn't talk about it much, but it's I, I think it's important or just something a uh, fascination on my end. Yeah. Um of this is how it kind of started. Like, like we, yeah. we kind of, we kind of think it's purity culture yeah. and we think it's kind of like, it started with Joshua Harris. It started with, uh, whatever you want to think. Um, but like the small groups, the accountability, um, the way we objectify not that way we objectify women isn't new, but the way the wording is put in there, um, the misogyny is the misogyny is there um, overt it's just not in there it's overt which is completely where we are today yeah, um, yeah it's it's the whole well what we're doing is contextual criticism of a, an entire mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. and you have to understand all the the different um streams that made the mighty river that is modern evangelical christianity yeah. And you know what? Stitch that on a fucking pillow because it was beautiful. <laughs> they they promise keepers figured out how to monetize purity culture, and oh shit, it t- took off like a fucking rocket right after that. If you look at the way purity culture took off, like Joshua Harris, and look at where promise keepers descended ninety eight. 
they both kind of intersect. And right where Promise Keepers kind of faded off into existence right after Stand in the Gap, all of this purity culture oozes in to fill where Promise Keepers left. So, and... What do they even mean by Stand in the Gap? Between to to reclaim your spot as a man, to fill in that gap between the um the house and God, between being a good parent and good husband. So, yeah, they all sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I went to them and they sucked. And like yeah. speaking just from personal experience of like praying and crying and all this other shit you just kind of get wrapped up in the emotions of everything that's going on yeah but that crying was just your sins coming out so it's okay that's true yeah and it came out of my dick uh and, that's, and when you that's poop we, that's concentrated sin right. yep, yep, when, yep. when we come it's called it's called uh, what was it excreting the sins from the penis <laughs> please so tell me I, that's from some sort of bible study you went to because wow Let's just move along. <laughs> well, we're almost done. I just wanted, like, I, I kind of wanted to explain what a Promise Keeper event was like, just so, I don't know, it, just the context of it. And, like, if you've ever been to a charismatic church, uh, a lot of singing, dancing, raising hands, not re really dancing, but, like, kind of swaying, you know, that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, and, but a lot of it, it was, it was a long conference um we're not talking like three hours we're talking like uh early afternoon to like nine o'clock at night More like um, a long con yeah hell yeah hey. um and they'd have a worship team there they would have uh speakers from all of bill mccartney would be there he would speak uh they would have other speakers there talking on different topics some of them would be pornography some of them would be how to be a good parent how to be a good husband stuff that like not everybody could relate to especially not me um, but you still kind of listen to it and it lays the groundwork of where they want you to be as a parent 10, 15 years from then. Um, so it was grooming. Can, can I so. ask you the most important question about yes. the Promise Keepers event that you attended? I did not. What merch did you buy? What I merch did really, you buy? I don't really remember buying anything just because it was a sick to, like, venom de like denim vest. With a no, yeah. because patch on the back. Yeah, well, big old flaming cross. I didn't have money, and it would all had been my stepfather, ah. and he's a fucking tight ass with his money. Unless he was going to buy something for himself. Um, right, but so like, of all the places, I thought maybe he would relax his sphincter. No. No. Is at Donovan. Christian Coachella. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Donovan would know that. Absolutely not. No, no. If you could be dying something. of thirst. Yeah. Then he sees a beer. Oh, yeah. Oh, sucks to be you. <laughs> this wow. one time I came home from, we came home from prayer service. It was a Wednesday night because that, mm -hmm. that's when it always was. I asked my mom if I could have a glass of milk and she said yes. So my stepfather comes over, grabs the thing of milk, pours himself a full giant glass of milk, sits there and drinks it in front of me. And he says, use that milk sparingly. Finishes uh, the whole glass and puts it in the sink and walks upstairs. It's that word too. That word just. Uh, That's damn. the kind of stepfather I had, like with yeah. with how to you know the power moves and everything. He bought himself shit. Yeah. So like 
he had all the books like all yeah. the promise keeper books were in our house and then you, you had the shirts like the he had i know one from one of the conferences and then he had that lord's gym shirt and uh, we had that cd that he bought which i could see him construing that as for both of us yeah um, my yeah my dad did shit like that all the time too he was i had got like good grades and i had like uh, begged and begged for a guitar and they got me like this guitar it was a washburn and i loved it and something was wrong with it and i took it back and then they gave us a refund and my dad was like let's just get these cool movies instead and i was like okay Aww. and then we just got like we got like the lethal weapon collection and like uh a bunch of tom uh, like i love i love them now but like we got like tim conway dvds and like bob hope <laughs> dvds and Dwarf. i'm like and I'm like, okay, cool, cool. You know what I mean? But, like, now I look back and I'm like, that's fucked up shit. But, like, yeah, my dad did the same shit you're talking about on mm-hmm. Twitch fucking T, where it was just his fucking needs and desires before anything else. And he always had the new DJ equipment, which he would use. His excuse would be that, like, he did, like, the church bazaars mm-hmm. and he did, like, all that shit with it. So, like, it was needed for the church. And it was just, yeah. Yep. And, he, yeah. he would always have the newest golf stuff. And uh yeah. How much new was... golf shit do you need? Don't you just need like a stick? You need like six of them. Or I'm sorry, yeah. Uh... You need new clubs. Oh? They they make oh, new oh. ones, new balls. You gotta get new cleats, new outfits. Can't you just pick up the balls on the field? Nope. You God gotta go damn. you got you gotta go on trips, you gotta go to different courses. Dude, I've only uh, played golf like four times. It's fun, but the etiquette is so fucking annoying. But when we went to Washington DC for Christmas, we camped. Which sucked in the middle of the summer in DC. We camping in Washington DC for Christmas? Too. No, for our vacation. Yeah, but we, you said for Christmas. Oh, okay. So they got yeah, you. Just, to, I'm catching up. Sorry. Uh, did I say for Christmas? Yeah, you said for Christmas, and I was like, oh, so maybe. It was oh, I meant. I know. I I meant for vacation. For vacation oh, in okay. the summer, we wa- we went to DC. We we vacation. We camped. We took the uh, subway in. To the zoo, I'm gonna shit my pants. No, we didn't go to anything that required money. The zoo Um, is free, I think. I know my mom hates the zoo though, so we didn't go. Uh, That's uh, why we went and did the same thing. (laughs) We did the for all everything for free, Mm -hmm. and then we we could only we could only eat at McDonald's, and we could only spend three dollars per meal. Oh my god, dude! It's a lot of chicken sandwiches. My dad did the same shit, the dollar menu, and then he would just dump yep. shit in the middle of the floor. Everybody got, like, one sandwich, and then he would get, like, five small fries and dump them in the middle of the table. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck. Yep. Anyway, that's enough stepfather-father trauma for the day. <laughs> Dude. There's a lot more we I, can go into. Yeah. I yeah. just do not know what to say. Yeah. I do not. Know. A lot of nights with the power off sitting in the middle of the floor with a pizza from the corner store that tastes like fucking cardboard. Didn't yeah. go that far, but You're like, what's going on? Oh, we're just gonna camp out in the living room. Oh, okay. <laughs> By the way, it's move around night. a lot so the roaches don't crawl on you. If you're still, they're gonna think you're a piece of the furniture. That sounds like my wife's uh, childhood. Yeah, that's what she grew Dude, up. Dude, my inner my inner mama bear comes out sometimes when you you both say shit like that. I'm like, ooh, they better not invent time travel because I will go back in time <laughs> and start punching some fucking throats. Oh Dude, yeah, yeah. Danielle's the same way. It's funny because like I come home all the time. There's a bunch of kids in the house from the neighborhood, and she'll be like, uh, she's just feeding all the kids, and she's like, if any of the kids just look hungry, it makes me think of you when you were a kid, and I couldn't help you, so I just want to feed them all. I'm like, 
Yeah. It's very admirable, but we're like, food's not cheap, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are, uh, especially on Thanksgiving break, I spent a stupid amount of money on food and snacks because, like, the neighbor kids were over playing all the time. Yeah. And for, I don't know what it is about being on break, but my kids suddenly eats a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And he's really skinny, so I'm always like, yeah, man, finish the bag of potato chips. It's fine. See, that's also an area of, like, the trauma shit with parenting that I run into with a lot because, like, food was so fucking, like, militarized when I was yeah. a kid. So, like, I like if the kids go in there to get a snack, I'm like, okay, cool. But the second they go to get another one, I'm like, why are you in there? What are you, you should be good. You just had Oh, know. yeah. And I, I realize now that I do it way too much. I'm trying to stop. But it's just, it's it's a really bad, like, learned behavior thing that I fucking have. I hate it. Like, I'll hear somebody in the kitchen, I'm like, why are you in there? What are you doing? Hate it. So Hate funny. It. It's it's different for me because like I was always sh- like not militarized, but like sh- just shamed around food. Just yeah, you shouldn't true, yeah. eat. You shouldn't want to eat. Absolutely. Why do you why do you want to eat so much? There's something like inherently yeah. sinful. Why do you about have that? that? Why do you need? That? Yeah, you don't need that. And, and I was always a chubby kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a chubby adult now. It's fine. Um, but now I have. My my oldest son, he, it's he's not food motivated, and I just do not know what to do with that. And he's um, he's tall like me and my husband, so mm. he's just like a beanpole, and mm. I just do not know how to act around food with someone with like a super skinny kid like that. Because I've always every. Every time we went to McDonald's or something like that, we had to have a talk about nutrition and how what you put in your body fuels you. And this is very fatty. So, like, we shouldn't do that. And now I'm like, yeah, man, do you want a milkshake too? It's like a weird long. It's a, yeah. it's a very hard lo- I'm sorry I derailed it, but it's a very no, hard no, we're talking about it. Uh, line to walk because I don't want him to have food issues, but I also don't want to be overly permissive about food because i feel like that might be a problem i don't know yeah, yeah i don't know there too yeah we, we, yeah we're currently like our biggest struggle always is with uh like mia's got some stomach thing that she's we're trying to figure out right now i think she might they, we think they might be lactose intolerant but our middle is so fucking picky Allie. Like, and it, 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 it triggers me sometimes because when I was a kid, like, and we didn't have a lot to eat, I would get shit shoved in front of me. And I'd be like, this mm-hmm. is disgusting. I'm like, no, you need to eat it now. So, like, the in, like my inner fucking kid or the my subconscious is just like, no, they need to eat this. They don't get anything else. This is dinner. It's a power thing. You know, they just yeah. don't. And it's like, no. If they're hungry, they'll eat. Right. And it's like. There's a lot more with it with her, you know, it might, we do think there might be some kind of neurological thing that she might have or something with other things that link to that, you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm only saying that as to say there's always dynamics and shit that we weren't taught about. There's always like little things that go into it instead of just like always thinking like the kid's fucking trying to manipulate you like, no, make me a, I want a fucking ice cream sundae for dinner instead of this. It's like, no, it's not what's happening. There's other factors involved, but we weren't taught just... like that. They're just kids. It goes back to the pearls of automatically yeah. assuming even a baby is trying to manipulate you. Exactly. No, they're not. They're just kids. They don't understand why the fuck they have to eat chicken yeah. and broccoli and they can't eat ice cream all the time. One tastes right. better. Why not just eat the one that tastes better? Like it's it's really simple logic. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's 
It's so weird sitting in Sunday school singing songs about why you're evil and why you're fucking manipulative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm six, but I'm a uh, soldier in the Lord's army. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's finish this up. Sorry, guys. No, no, no I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the reason we talked about Promise Keepers and Bill McCartney today is because it sets up the framework of everything that's going to go forward uh, with purity culture and everything that we were raised in and our uh, shame and issues when it comes to pornography, pornography, sex, and masturbation, and just relationships in general. Um, So, but uh, with that... Yo, stop! Uh, So with that... I can't even... I can't even... I, two. Uh, this is our. This is the third one of these, right? Yeah. Of the yeah. series that we've done yeah. so far. Yeah. Every time you say the word masturbation, I cringe a little. Masturbation. Yeah. No. It's. Do I'm you want cringing. me to say, say things like shaking hands with the? No. Nope, nope. Nope. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> masturbation. Even the reference. Makes you think of mashed potatoes. <sighs> mashed masturbation. Mashed potatoes. Yeah. Uh, COVID yeah. brain. Because uh, they're white too. <laughs> you gotta mash it you gotta put cream in it Uh, boil them put them in a stew stew (laughs) Uh, but we want to thank everyone for joining us today we really appreciate it Uh, please email us at xcompod at gmail.com that is the (laughs) the easiest way to keep in touch with us you can also find us on Instagram uh, and most of the other social networks at xcompod um, I signed up for including Hive Mastodon. Mastodon and Ma- and Hive to see if those things work out. We come in, Harler. We come. Yeah, Harler. we come in truth. True social. True social. We come in. We come <laughs> Alex Jones. Uh, oh, please. Uh, we come in Nick Fuentes. Uh, anywhere that you can uh, subscribe, rate, and review, please do that. So pause this right now and go to whatever app you use and. Just at least just put five stars or something. Help us make it feel better about the two star that we got because of our audio. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's better. Um, We're trying. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I tried to do some little audio tricks today and drop some theme songs. <laughs> Which I love. It worked I out perfectly. It. <laughs> uh, get I wanna... it down. I'm going to get a soundboard for next time. Fucking air horn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want to thank the band Iron Sheik for letting us use the song Those Heads Are Our Heads for our intro and outro song. Um, you can follow me on Facebook. Or no, not on Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram at uh, ChazXCure or 17 underscore seconds. You can listen to my other podcast, The Holy Hour, where Gavin, Antonio, and I talk all things cure-related. And Donovan, you got a hot take for us today. Yeah, I do. Not no, one I... of your dads. No, no, no. Yours. I, I'm gonna save another one of his for another time. Uh so now that it's December what, December second, I think that like people can almost get ready to start using the Christmas stuff, like Christmas music and Christmas decorations, but not yet. I think it's still too early. Like motherfuckers need to calm down. I think it's ridiculous. But you love Christmas. You've been wearing sweaters. No, no I hate Christmas with a passion. And, oh, and okay. the COVID taking other, over. Anyone oh, who says otherwise is a fucking liar. And uh, a piece of shit. Uh, okay, this started as a joke, but now I just feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> you love the Lord's holiday. I do. I love baby Jesus. Saturnalia? Birthday. Oh. Baby Jesus. Was... Oh, what? April. What happened? It's in April. 
There wouldn't have Jesus been shepherds birthday. sleeping yeah. in a oh, field it's, in December. You're probably one of them atheists. Probably. <laughs> yeah. We say happy Honda days in this house. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, no. We celebrate Toyotathon. What the oh, fuck? Oh, fuck you and your family. All yeah. I know is that <laughs> baby Jesus, the only time that abortion of the third trimester is okay. Oh. Not the only time. Hitler the animals ate the after, afterbirth. Hello, baby Jesus. I am the fourth wise man, and I've brought you a coat hanger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need to leave. Oh, no, Chrissy, do you have anything for us? No, I don't. No. Okay, I, good. I don't, we can leave that I don't there. want to talk anymore. This is traumatic. Get that frankincense out of here. Hold on to this, little baby. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now I'm going to hook. I'm going to put the other part on this little battery right here. And I'm gonna overturn the vehicle. No, 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 oh, no, 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 stop it now, stop it now. Oh, look at that. Nope, shut it down. Barbecue. experience. Shut it down. This episode was brought to you by Casey Anthony, the true story, now on Peacock. Oh, I love that, every, I love that everybody can has like come together to be like, that bitch did it, fuck you. Did you see yeah. those TikToks where she was at that Steel Panther concert? <laughs> yes, no. I did. What yeah. the fuck? She's on stage dancing with like Michael Starr from Steel Panther. What the I, fuck, you know, dude? we live not far apart. I do truly hope I run into her one day. Oh man, that'd be fantastic. I'm sure, I'm sure we can. If... <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you stay away from my children. All right. Peace be with you. And with your with your spirit. And everybody say Yeah, the looks. <laughs> you guys both walked on each other. I like my looks. I like my personality. Almost every second that I'm away.